Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, and those fine people at Dive Bomb have given you a promo code, saving 10%. What is it, Jeff? Trump 2020. Trump 2020. You put that in at checkout, and you save yourself 10% off of the best silhouettes in the market, and not too distant future, I hear some floaters are coming out. So... You know, if you're a pigeon hunter, they got pigeon. Yeah, they got pigeon silhouettes out right now, and uh, later this summer they will be introducing their floater line. So go to divebombindustries.com, get everything that you need silhouette wise. Use the promo code Trump2020, and then come back later in the summer buy those floaters. Use the promo code again. This show is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells, direct to your door. Bismuth is back in style. Just takes one. Just takes one. You're not having, you know, if you're a good shot like I am, one shot, <laughs> killed, dead, no more uh, running after cripples and all that other fun stuff. Stone code killing them dead is what it is with one shot. And that's it. BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Spinners are a necessity if you are a duck hunter. Lucky Duck has spinners. If you're a predator hunter, they've also got you covered there. Uh, turkey season just wrapped up, but hey never too early to buy your uh your next turkey decoy so go to luckyduck.com and you can get those spinners for this next coming season they've also got pigeon spinners so i guess everybody's shooting pigeon spinners will be awesome for the dove for the dove eh for the du- pigeon spinners will be same shooting the do- over the doves Ooh, look at there multi-purpose so go to luckyduck.com they've got all of your spinning wing decoy needs we're also brought to you by 737 duck calls the boys from Oklahoma make a mean duck call, a screamer. Get the old number one. It's a single read. I'm a single read kind of guy. I don't know about you, Jeff, but it's what I like. The old number one. Made in America, made in Oklahoma, shipped directly to your door. No big box stores to compete driving up those prices. It's a rock bottom price. Seven thirty seven. Made by great guys, great duck call, great product. Look them up. Get your duck call. Get your lanyard full of 737s. And this show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics, also a U.S. made. Athlon Optics is a proud U.S. sports optic product company devoted to designing and delivering superior quality optic products and outdoor accessories at a competitive price to you, the consumer. Athlon has strong engineering design capability, strategic alliances with quality manufacturers, and a streamlined, fully integrated supply chain. Whether you're shooting prairie dogs or scouting those geese or ducks the night before, Athlon Optics has a product that you need. So go to athlonoptics.com, get your binoculars, get your scopes. They've also got red dot sights. They got it all. If you need to look through it so you can shoot something or find something, Athlon Optics is the way to go. We're also brought to you by Sea Light LEDs. Light up the world. Great for bow fishing, great for hunting, great for just yard. Uh, in your pickup, you need some lights, uh, off-roading, four-wheeling, whatever it is, C-Light LEDs, the best C-Light, the C- best C-Lights out there, or the best lights out there. Best LED lights out best there. Best LED. It's, two, it's 2019. There's no sense in running around in the dark. Technology's too good. They've got it figured out. Competitive price, C-Light LEDs is the way to go. That way you're not fiddling around in the dark. Also, we're brought to you by William and Chris Wines, Texas wine at its finest. Chris is a good friend of ours, great client, also figured out how to make a hell of a wine. He's truly living the dream. He, he loves what he does, drinks wine every day. 
almost like uh, if you're a wine if you're a wine enthusiast and you get to make wine and do that every day, probably like being a hunter and getting to hunt every day. WilliamandChrisWines.com. They'll also ship it to your door. It's summertime. Summertime. It's wine drinking time. People. Yes, it is. Finally, last but not least, we are brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. You can take this one, Jeff. Um, holler at us if you're looking for a corporate dove hunt. Weekdays about all I've got left. I got some weekends left. October. Stanfieldhunting.com. We can take care of you on dove hunt. Got teal season. We're gonna have a lot of teal this year. Yes. Got weekday teal hunts available. You got four guys want to come up and do an inexpensive duck hunt in the morning. Shoot some teal in September. We can do a lodging breakfast and a morning teal hunt. That's Stanfieldhunting.com. Call me for details at nine four zero six five eight three one seven two. Ready? What yep. are you writing down? Notes? Oh, there's a few things I want to talk to Clay about. When oh, okay. Discuss. All right. Oh, <laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. And today, in studio A at the Big Honker Lodge, we have the Coyote Man Clay Reed. How you doing, Clay? I'm doing good. And his sidekick, is it safe to call you a sidekick? Yes. Uh, that, we'll debate that. He is a, <laughs> I'm Maverick. He's Goose and I am Maverick. Don't let him catch you. <laughs> Mitch McLemore used to be a football Andy's football coach from high school, former resident of Knox City, good friend of ours. How you doing, Mitch? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Been, when's the last time you used Big Honker Lodge? It was many moons ago when we were in Stanford. We had a New Year's gathering, I believe it was. That's right. That's right. Before that, it was probably Andy's senior probably party was. after Andy graduated. Yep. Time goes by in a hurry. It does. I was telling Clay on the way out here, it's the first time... I'd been out here in so long, and it's so beautiful right now with mm-hmm. all the rain and stuff. So, it's good to be here. How, how, tell me how you met Clay. Oh, well, the first time I met Clay, actually saw him. <laughs> his name had came up from my dad because somebody named Twinkle Toes, and that's what Dad called him, Dad and uh, LB Born, Buster Born. Anyway, he was coming out of a house. They come upon me. His dad come upon me one time. I was babysitting Coach Wolf, Terry Wolf's, uh, my practice wife. Uh, she was babysitting Coach Wolf's uh, boy, Justin. And I had him in my arms, and I was doing ballerina uh, around the room. And he walked in. From then on out, I was twinkle toes. Well, I'm glad you brought up the practice wife because we've had a lot of requests for you to talk about the practice no, wife. That'll, that'll I be, said it would be. That's going to be as far as we get on the practice wife. <laughs> that's the I only want, time we mention Unless her. I want two practice wives. <laughs> yeah. But I did. Some, I put it today. I said, we're going to talk about this on the podcast, but we will not talk about the practice wife. And then you brung her up, and them guys are going, hell yeah. No, no, God, no. I can write books on that, but my wife would beat me with them yeah. so so twinkle toes was, was ballerina toes. babysitting he walked out of a friend of mine's house steve wright a good friend of his too and it was really late at night and of course back then you know we had a lot of fun let's just put it that way and he he jumps over the hood of the car and slides in the passenger seat and they take off he said how are you and that's the first time i ever met clay reed and i asked steve wright i said who is that he said that's clay reed he said don't piss him off either. He said, I'm serious, <laughs> don't. I said, 
I don't care. He said, oh, you don't, don't, please You'll don't. You'll care. Yeah. That, that well, I found that out later <laughs> in the middle of Highway 79. I got, uh, yeah, that's how we met, sort of. So y'all got to fight? No, well, no, no, actually, no. He was defending my brother. He was saving me well, from actually, ass whipping. Well, actually, I wasn't even defending your brother. I, I, he had, his brother had got jumped like a week or two before. And uh, so, you know, of course, you know, vengeance was going to come swiftly let somewhere down the line. Well, there was this guy that he said, well, I, uh, Matt said, well, I'll get Clay Reed or, or somehow or another my name got brought up because the other guy said, well, I, I got to – I said, i tell you what, man, this boy uh, Harvey's coming over Harvey. here from Henrietta, and Harvey's a bad son of a bitch, and we're going to whoop everybody's ass and da-da-da-da. And so – so all I heard, everybody said, boy, they, this Harvey guy's coming over here to whoop your ass. And I said, who the hell's Harvey? I said, I didn't even know who Harvey was. And I didn't even know about the jumping and uh, all that. And then, uh, and then, of course, then Matt finally caught up with the guy that jumped him. And he's whooping his ass right there in the middle of 79 in front of Allsup's. And I'm sitting there with the practice wife. And, and I'm holding a, a, a Sprite. And then all of a sudden, there was this big giant son of a bitch over here to the left of me. And Mitch is over there, and he goes, And Harvey, if you won't eat shit, you, I'll whoop your ass too. And then, and I go, Oh, so this is the guy this that is Harvey. whooped my ass? I said, Hold my Sprite. Well, <laughs> wow. And I, I hit him, and I went to whooping his ass right there in the middle of 79. And I'm whooping him good. And I finally had him addled. And everybody said, Let's go. The cops are coming. This cops are coming. And I said, Oh, shit. And I said, I ain't leaving. I just, I had a brand new straw hat. And Clay Reed did not have brand new anything, but I had bought this brand new, and I can't find it. And I'm sitting there, where I ain't leaving till I find this goddamn brand new hat. And all of a sudden, I look over there, and underneath Harvey's addled oh. ass, he's punched drunk loud, <laughs> is my brand new yeah. hat. And that's why I kick it so much right in the goddamn mouth, and was better than a jab. But he, he's the first punch. He come with the left hook. He's standing. Black. Beside Harvey and I, I told whoever standing next to me, Matt was finishing up with what he is done. I said, oh, God, I'm fixing to get my ass whooped because this is a big deal. <laughs> About that time, whap, that left hook, I mean, splattered his nose. And Anyway, we got Clay up, and he probably didn't. It took two or three of us just to get him off of him in the middle of Highway 79. And then he starts walking, and he sees his hat. Yeah. Oh man, that was a bad deal. You stupid! I mean, just start. We oh, it took God, four of us to get him out the second time. Yeah. So, so, so you're glad you didn't have to fight old Harvey then? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty glad I didn't bastard. have to. He was Harvey was dude. big. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah a, and he was from Henrietta. Henrietta. Yeah. And how how big were you at that time? Hundred. Clay was not a big guy. Sixty pounds. That was I, oh no! And when I was in my prime, I didn't weigh. Well, put it this way: when me and Kelly got married. I weighed 162 pounds. When I was 30, I weighed 183. I fought in a tough man contest up there in uh, uh, Lawton, which was another adventure. That was the funniest shit ever. But, yeah, so that was 30 years old. And you just yeah. walk right up to him and right in the oh, nose. Oh, I had no fear. But in November 8, 1991, I got fear. That's when I whooped a guy a little too much and mm-hmm. – and, and I damn near thought I killed him, and he was half-assed friend. You know, mm-hmm. he was just drunk, and so it. Since then, I have probably been in four fights, and those guys have had to whoop on me for about thirty minutes before I'd even defend myself. Now, on the last podcast, my favorite story that we've had with you on here, and I'm going to ask you if you caught some shit on this, is the story about the big girls. 
That is the best story we've had on the podcast yet. The 911 red call? Oh, yes. That's yes. the best story ever. It's the 911 red call, <laughs> boy, the- and it don't look good. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, I'm going to go ahead and let you tell that story again for people that haven't listened to the first two. I know they have, but even if they had, they're going to laugh their ass off again. Are tell you the- serious? I love this story. Are you serious? Yes. No, I can't tell that story again. I was sworn to secrecy the first time. Well, did, did not you, only did you tell the story, like you mentioned, you you implicate names. I know it, and that's that's I what Jeff's wondering. I caught more hell. That's what I was wanting to know. I caught more hell over naming people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was I, I had a couple guys. You know, said, you leave my goddamn name off this son of a bitch. No, 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 no. Yeah, so uh, the reason why I asked is because the other night in Facebook, I've been Facebook jail off and on, so I got my old Facebook back. And one of the guys you mentioned, boom, was right there. And I was thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got several phone calls from a lot of implicated guys. So from now on, I will most likely be using alias names yeah. on some of this. Somebody stuff. asked me the other day about that. says, did them people get mad at him? I said, oh, I'm sure they fucking do. But I said, they're not like they're going to go beat him up. So I said, it's really, they're scared of him. They respect him enough that they ain't going to really do nothing yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, like I say, I. So you did you did ruffle some feathers last time? Oh yeah, yeah, I've rustled. <laughs> oh yeah, my, my wife, all my best friends. Yeah, I, I ain't got the three best friends though, but they're all pissed at me. That me time. and Michelle were going somewhere, and she'd never listened to your your stuff. She don't listen to podcasts much because she's she gets embarrassed of the things that I say, and she always takes up for Andy, which nobody else does. But we were listening to that story, and she's like. Oh my God, he's talking about oral with a big girl. I said, Oh, I'm telling you, Michelle. Dude, dude. Hey, here, here's here's what's bad about this deal, which is which is why I'm I'm just trying not to go into detail anymore. I think I went over the top the first couple of deals because no, they were excellent stories. Oh no, they wasn't. No, they were excellent <laughs> stories uh, behind closed doors. But I get I get up there and I keep running into people, and he said, "Me and my wife and kids listen to that son of a bitch all the way to Florida." All the way. I said, "You listen." Listen to that with wife and kids? Are you freaking stupid? And I mean, it, I was like, oh shit, I may have to cool it down just a little bit. I, I got a message from a guy. Uh, he had his phone Bluetooth, yeah. and the last thing that he was listening to was one of your episodes. And Bluetooth on, he's taking his kids to uh, second, third grade, dropping them off at school. Bluetooth to his truck. Oh no! And it's uh, I, I don't know what story it was. Exactly. But he was like, hey, <laughs> you know. Well, the worst thing Just that ever careful. happened is when I come on that son of a gun and he says, you know, I said something about my filter. And I said, you know, my filter system ain't very good. You mm-hmm. got a sensor button. Oh, no, no, no. Hell, you can say anything on there. <laughs> you can't can say anything can. on there. No, you can't say it. You know, <laughs> he didn't tell me about the, uh, the uh, consequences and repercussions of saying it's on free. It. It's free speech. Yeah, you know, I, it's not free of getting your ass exactly, chewed out somewhere, exactly. but it's free. No, no, it's, it's all good. But Th- That's my favorite story, the one about the troll. Yeah, I love the troll story. Which one about the girl that you called the troll? The one where well, you almost become oh, a millionaire? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the old quarter horse gal. Yeah, yeah, the troll. Yeah, and the story about being at the titty bar. The titty bar with, with my sister. sister. That's watching the my, great. That's watching my sister titty dance. Yeah, that was that was good, that wasn't a good story. It's true, but it was. It was <laughs> that was. Good. Does your sister know you talked about that? Huh? Does she know that you talked about that on there? My sister could care less. So she don't. I, care I don't know, but me and her, we we're not. Uh, so it's we're, not a problem at all. So it's it, not a problem at all then. No, hell no, no. She don't care. Why'd you let your wife listen to the podcast? I didn't. I didn't let her. Okay. I didn't even know she knew how to get on a podcast. <laughs> but when I come home that, that next evening after she had listened to that podcast, <laughs> I knew she knew how. 
she was swole up and she didn't even tell me anything about it but i knew she was swole up about something and you son of a bitch and i said you, what are you really talking about she said well listen effing podcast and i said yeah it's all right with it yeah until you start talking about her <laughs> oh shit oh My bad. Shit. yeah it was not good practice wife's a new term i'd never heard and that is a very common term now Oh, yeah. It's well, I don't off. want a second one. Yeah, so I, I'm a, we're going to cool off that. Yeah. <laughs> Did Jeff Marney get mad at you after the last podcast? Jeff Marney can't get mad. Hell, hell, he 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 tells these stories as good as I tell these stories. No, there's no way possible. Oh, yeah, I guarantee you. Wolfman? Yeah, yeah. yeah Wolf, Wolfman. <laughs> He's standing his ground. <laughs> That's great. It was bad. You know, we was in that hunt. <laughs> We're out in the middle of nowhere when he calls us. Guess what happened? And I said, what? A wolf man. I said, what? He, told me, he said, yeah. It's a damn wolf. He's a wolf. I know the difference between a damn wolf <laughs> and a coyote. It's a damn wolf. So, yeah. so any uh, any new Jeff stories? Jeff stories? I don't know. See, that's, that's, that's the thing about uh, coming on this song gun three or four times. You, you, get, you hate to run over to the next story. Well, uh, he, he did get mad at Clay at our last softball tournament I ever played in. Oh, yeah. He was going to whoop my ass. Yeah. 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 So. I, what, why did he even get mad at me that day? We're walking to the car. Oh, at, I. Been at the bar. I, I, bet, I bet I know why. We, we were playing in a softball tournament up there in Lawton, Oklahoma, yep. right? We get up there. We're going to go to the titty bar and enjoy us a little uh, gentleman nightlife. So <laughs> so we go into this, this bar and I'm telling you, it was bad. It was bad. It, tattoos weren't very much, but bruises were popular. <laughs> these chicks, these chicks were beat up. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, they were not. There were a lot of fours and three and a halfs. You know, there was no nothing above a five. So Charles Steele would have loved this place. Oh yeah, Charles would have been in like flan on this. But I'm not, and I'm sober. You know, if I'm drunk, hell, you know, they all kind of look better. But this, we wasn't. And I'm sitting there, and we're all there, and I finally, you know, we were in there a little while, and I said, "Boys, I'm gonna go out and smoke me a cigarette and give me a little air." So I go outside. Well, we're in this one bar. Well, all of a sudden, I see an endless supply of people going in this other bar that's in the same building but right next to it. And I said, hell, that's another goddamn titty bar. I said, hell, I'll go in there. <laughs> so I go down there, and this son bitch is packed plumbing. We're in Lawton, Oklahoma. It's packed plumbing to the gill. And uh, all of a sudden, and, and it had the Abilene, Texas, the Texas showgirls from Abilene, Texas. And, you know, Abilene's got some beautiful women. Well, they were in Lawton, Oklahoma. That they, they didn't have no bruises. They were super fine. <laughs> and, of course, it's standing room open. And just lucky enough, as soon as I walked in there, a guy got up off a pervert row, right on the front <laughs> row. Boy, an old pervert read immediately <laughs> dive-bombed right into that some guy. And, well... I'll be damned if I if I'm getting up because I don't want to lose my pop. So all my buddies are over there at the Bruiser Brody uh, <laughs> Bruiser. show house, and uh, and uh, I was like. I'd like to go get them, but uh, <laughs> you shit out of luck. I ain't losing my spot. <laughs> so a little bit about an hour and a half later, you know, here they come. You son of a bitch, where the hell? He said, you could have come in. I ain't losing my seat, man. I ain't losing my seat. And I think that's why mm -hmm. Jeff got mad because he, um, he was over there enjoying the – Had a few well, uh, oh, yeah, adult yeah, yeah. beverage. I thought he went ugly early, boys, though. 
No, 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 he's no. Uh, Jeff will have the best looking son of a bitch. That's what, yeah, that's what early. Yes, and he will leave with a man late. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't kidding. He's had a couple of them. He go, God dang, where the hell, you know? And yeah, he'll call you. Oh, you mean that? Hey, you got to get me out of here. Her husband's going to be here in a little bit. <laughs> like that one time he, he left and he snuck out right before the husband got there, and that was with the one-legged gal. And uh, and uh, gal. He, he left. He got out of there, and uh, and he goes, I got to get you. Uh, he called Steve. Got to come get me. Got to come get me. So her husband's on her way, so he leaves. Well, he left his hat over, over the house. Well, later on during the day at lunch, he sees her husband driving by and he's got his hat on. <laughs> bitch, where am I going? <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. liked it when she rubbed her nub, right? Yeah, the exactly. one legged girl. That was the one that like, got excited. She got excited. That's when old uh, uh, Steve, we had that party up there and he throwed that log in the back of the truck. Hey, Jeff, your date's ready. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, uh, did anybody figure out who the big girls were from Archer City that you talked about in the, in the well car? Uh, on the rape nine one one call? No, it's pretty well known. It's all well known. Who well, I mean, it's well known around Archer City who them three girls was, and uh, yeah, but I, I, they thank God none of those three girls live in Archer City anymore. Yeah. Well, now that we've got you here, Mitch, he told a story about Sasquatch, and you were there on the on the on the predator hunt. Mm-hmm. True or false? Not well, a Sasquatch. Not a Sasquatch. He don't know what the hell it was. What was it? What was it? It was probably a bull shaking a tree or something like there's that. No, there, there's no way you can get where we was at. See, know. he ain't never been down there where that sound come from. Uh-huh. All he knows, he's sitting in a wheat field. We're on Beaver Creek. Yeah, we was on Beaver Creek. Yeah, yeah, down on Guide Mound. Mm-hmm. And he said that the, the tree whack. was shaking. It was. Now, I don't know what it was. So you and Wayne, he didn't go investigate for Clay? No, he, he done loaded up. He started to pick up when we were gone. So He's Clay so was leaving early now. <laughs> He's so full of he, shit. He, 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 he was gone. just as concerned as I was. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it is. We, we All three of us was <laughs> Well, he's on the ground. I'm fine. I'm in high rack with rifles, so I, I, yeah. I was sort of curious what yeah, it might he'd be. Say what he wants. He's a non-believer. <laughs> that that's not as scary to me as the mountain lion screaming mm-hmm. over on the Ansel. I that, mean, that sound like a woman getting say, murdered. When they say that, it that is exactly what it sounds like. And we did load our butt up, and yeah, I was ready to get the hell out of there. <laughs> at that point. After I hit Dwayne in the ear with that <laughs> knocked red lens off the deal, I hit him with the spotlight because him and Mitch they were. You know, they had their head down on the front, on the rail about half asleep, and all of a sudden, whew, let some bitch scream, and I hit mm. old Dwayne in the head with that spotlight, <laughs> that, you know, about 20 degrees, hit him in the ear, and that little old uh, munchkin, he was ready to fight. You goddamn son of a bitch. And there's a mountain lion, he's like, I don't give a shit, quit hitting me in the goddamn line. It mattered shit. So, uh, and, so it's just quiet out there, Oh, and it, we it just screams? We were oh, down on the bottom. In a creek bottom where it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And boy, it echoed now. I've, I've never heard it before or since. I, I'd heard people say that's what it sounds like. But like the Sasquatch on Beaver Creek, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but there's a pretty solid tree and it was being shaken like there's a bulldozer against it, you know, or a pecan shaker. Mm-hmm. You were enough concerned that you weren't going to go see what it was. I was good. I was in the high <laughs> I just Yeah, I was on the ground. It. I was hitting We had bait trot. on the ground. Clay was on the ground. <laughs> bait. So. I, I look like Matthew Boland. They headed back up there with a nine nine eight hundred. <laughs> you know, uh, 
I, when I was a kid, we had a they thought was a, a lady something being happened to her in the neighborhood, and there was woods next to us, and it, you heard the scream. And I remember as a little kid, you heard, I heard it, and held the next thing you know, there's cops pulling up, and they're looking for some woman being abducted and shit. And they figured it was probably a yep. cat or something screaming, but it's an ungodly. Especially, I can't imagine being at nighttime. It, it takes it a second to register, a little while, mm-hmm. because you're going. It sounds like somebody's in trouble. I mean, yeah. like had a wreck, or you know, the highway there's not terribly far away, and it's quiet night. It it it'd give chill you out. It did me anyway. Yeah, that was the one. Remember that first one we called in up there on the Croton, mm-hmm. and that, that, again, that clay was on the on the ground, and <laughs> and and it it was you know. Uh, there wasn't no trees and one mosquito out there and there's broomweeds about that tall you know and and it and it come in right behind that tree and we knew it wasn't a coyote and we knew it but we don't shoot nothing unless we know exactly what it was and it would leave and i'd call and it come back and it'd leave and it always come to that tree and we couldn't get around and uh then i know that so much in line and, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden a bunch of yearlings come over there and they spooked it and it started jumping that Mm. Those broomweeds, you see that big long yeah. guy. I said, It's a lion, get him. And old Mitch, boom, boom, boom. I got him, go get him. I said, Fuck you, <laughs> you, you think you got him, you go get him. <laughs> and I go with you, I said, I ain't even going with you. I ain't going out there a wounded lion and uh, uh, belly deep freaking broomweeds. Yeah. Did you hit him, Mitch? I don't think so. Yeah. I, 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 we didn't go look. Yeah. But. Yeah, we come back next morning. Yeah, we didn't go that night. Well, I can't imagine being nighttime having to go look for a. Have you ever a, seen a that? Line? Have you ever seen that video? That's the greatest <laughs> video ever. It's a baseball player. I can't remember. He has a hunting show and he goes over to Africa. He's going to get him a jaguar, one big giant ass jaguars, right? So they put a bait up in this uh, uh, tree, or maybe they found a, a, a kill from a jaguar, but it's up in this tree. So during the day, they come back, and they built them a little old chicken shit blind, you know, out there, you know, 150 yards from it. And these guys get in there, and, boy, and they come back at night, and they're filming it. And all of a sudden, they throw a the spotlight on it, and you can see that jaguar. Boom! He shoots that jaguar. Jaguar falls out of that tree and runs right to that goddamn blind. Oh, shit. And I mean running 9-0. And, and, and luckily, right before he got to it, he veered to the left and went around him. And, and they were like, yeah, all right, we'll come back in the morning. We'll try to find him. You know, we know what he means. So they come back next morning, and they got all them African boys up there and all the trees that they're looking for. And, you know, it's got the big grass, tall grass. And, you know, every tree had a, one of them black boys up there going, hey, get him, get him, get him, you know, over here. He's over here. He's over here. I see him. And uh, so – he come through there and uh well anyway, uh that that baseball player, he's going through there and they know they've got him located. One of them uh Abdul's is up there saying, He's over here, he's over here and so they kinda creeping up there and it's just solid grass, tall grass. And uh well they got uh, Clay Reed to the left, a guy, old pot-bellied boy. He's got cut off the shirt over there with a ball cap on, and he's got him. A, he's got him a gun, and they got the baseball guy, and then you got a guy to the right, and they're all and they're throwing rocks over into that bush. Oh, fuck, you to, know you're bad. When you're try, do trying that. to stir this uh, jaguar up. Easy now. He's got to be right here. Easy, and the camera guy's right behind him filming, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere. This freak, I mean, Jaguar is on them before they could do nothing. And he picks out the fat boy with the fat, <laughs> oh, oh, the clay redone. But, and this guy, because Jaguar gets a hold of his belly Ooh. right off the bat, and he's eating this guy, and all you and then you hear this this old clay reed guy go, ah, ah, <laughs> 
it. And uh, anyway, they finally they had to, well they had to shoot Clay Reed guy uh, out because they got to shoot him off of, and he winds up shooting him at the same time with shotgun. <laughs> but he, he lives over, and that guy's laying over there. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and one of them African boys come over and he goes, "You scream just like a woman." <laughs> 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 and he did. I played that so much and you could hear ah, get him off of me. And a big old tough looking guy and he screamed like a woman. Can you imagine being a Jaguar in the woods and you're throwing a fucking rock to try to stir him up to get him to move? Fuck yeah, that. That's a red flag to go mm. back to the truck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Amen. out. But it was funny. I've watched it so much a thousand times. Have y'all ever had a bobcat or a cat try to get after you on a hunt? Cat. Yeah. Bobcat? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I've had couch jump across my daggum lap, yeah, over the top of my head, over on uh, Williamson, you know, when we was in that tank dam. You know, the two come around, one jumps over my head, jumps right into my deal, comes over and gets between me and Mitch before we can even say shit. Mm-hmm. I've seen him get pretty act, pretty good fight with a coat on the croton, shot one down in a valley to pick up sitting on the hill. He's dead, he's dead. So he takes off because it's a timed event. We're, you know, we've said that a thousand times. So he he's running out there, where and we get him on the spotlight, and he goes to pick him up. Well, Kyle ain't dead, Woo. and it's like, bam, bam, he picks him up and he starts going back and <laughs> forth over his head. Bam, he's bam, sobs, blah 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 blah, and then he drags him back to the pickup. But yeah, it got a little rodeo there for a while. Yeah, keep him on a tight string on that deal. Damn right. Yeah, but the we, coyote died. We have a trapper friend, and he said a lot of times. If you catch a coyote, it'll kind of lay back. But cats, they're just fucking all over the place. Yeah. I mean, he said you'll get a cat. He said one time he caught a lion, and the the trap was just for a bobcat, and it's like barely got a toe. Oh, Lord. And he's walking up to it, and he's like, what the f- what And this is a big old now? man. This guy's 6'6", 280. No, I mean, big, big fucker. <clears throat> and that cat backs up into the brush as far as it can go, and it pins its ears back. Mm-hmm. and. He said, that's close enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of the bullets. Yeah, I, I like shooting. That's like uh, old Clint Simpson over there at uh, uh, Archer or Holiday. He he was catching bobcats, and he said, hell, you want these bobcats? Hell, yeah, I'll take them and lose, turn them on the ranch. And uh, so I called him. Well, that first bobcat I get, I was like, okay, I've got to open this goddamn gate to let this <laughs> son of a bitch out here. And I said, I don't know if I'm real cool with this. And so I finally had to rig me a device up, a little string right next to the truck with the window rolled up just a little bit so the string could come out. So I guess, now I was out. <laughs> They're very movement-oriented. You know, Marvin Henry, that good friend of ours, Clay's talked about him before. God bless us. So, we, you know, he, he was in a deer blind. And he's got a cat walking by, which he taught me most of everything I ever knew about varmint hunting. And he does that little hand squeaking. And the cats can, they can climb really well. So three hops, he's looking Marvin eye to eye. We go, we're looking at another place one time. We're sitting on a fence line, no guns or anything, just calling to see what's there. And we have a cat come up. And he gets from me to you sitting here. And uh, Marvin goes, get out of here like that. Well, when he threw his hands like that, that cat took two hop or one oh, hop shit. and was gathering his hips to jump on Marvin. Oh, and uh, I, I saw a grown man scream like a woman again because he was rolling down the fence line. And I'm sitting there laughing so hard I can't even move. And the cat's just staring like, what in the heck is going on? Yeah, here? But, yeah they're pretty interesting creatures. Well, you said a long time <clears throat> when I was in high school, that varmint hunting is 
the hardest thing that you can do? Hunting wise. Hunting wise. I, I believe other than going after a wounded jaguar and the no uh, shit the brush. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I think it, they're the most. Cows are the smartest animals I know uh, of right. on our continent. Well, it makes sense because they're related to dogs, and, yeah. and look at all the shit you can get a dog to do. Yeah, what's a, a dog smells one particle per million, mm-hmm. whereas a cow smells one particle per 20 million or something. I mean, it's crazy. You know, they could smell a hamburger and tell you where the bun was made, where the tomatoes came from, et cetera, and so forth. And you're, you're not going to make a living, as we talked about the other night, calling up cows downwind very often. I mean, oh. they're just... They're just amazing animals to me yeah i respect them but they they've got to be managed too so a coyote would make a good drug dog is what you're saying oh, oh hell yeah we've done how many years we do skunk scent oh yeah we smell like Man, skunk every hunt. doesn't matter you can't fool yeah, them. We, you can't we, it, we, even skunk scent nah, she, we'd cut them nag out we'd get them dishwashing sponges and uh-huh. cut them and force and put them on each corner of uh-huh. tape them on each corner of a rack and then put skunk clear on it so for two weeks after a hunt we smelled like a guy named skunk i mean it was stupid as shit and, and it never helped us any at all that dumber yeah that's what i yeah. so so in y'all's tandem of shoot hunting who's the better shot not clay reed oh shit right I, now clay's the better that. shot right now i know but it, it's interesting, and I, I'm going to tell you why. I don't think. I've, when we first teamed up, I was going to tell you, ask what he, you know, used to weigh. Uh, Marvin sort of, sort of booted me, <laughs> me off the team, so we're going to create two teams. So I go to Clay's house. He's right down the street. I said, "Hey, you want to hunt together?" And we didn't have much land. I don't know, five or six thousand acres. He said, "Heck yeah, I'm in." And, and that's he, not a lot of land when you're farming. Now, farm now, now this. Right. Oh, let me tell you how. Uh, much of a hunter i was at the time as far as that you know because i was i had a sks with no sights on it that was the, that was what i was hunting with and i could shoot with that with the axle grease just, all over just it. look down the barrels all and then i had no sight and, and he traded me his coon light for that sks yeah and that that was the rifle he had before yeah. the 222 which is a whole nother story yeah. we won't get into right now but Shut up. i sure wish i had that no, oh, this is going to be a story. But he, he does a backflip. We're just sitting there, and he said, hey, I'll do it back. I don't even know how it came that. He did a flat-footed backflip right there, and he's 30-something years old. I'm not lying. I mean, that, that was the beginning of our yeah, hunting used career to, together. L.A. used to bet me that stuff all How the does time. that even come up on a, on a hunt? We raised hundreds and forties, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, every, back in the day, every time we got together, <laughs> we had to race. We had to run. I, he would beat me in 40, I could beat him in 100. Now, yeah. Mitch is probably the most competitive person I've ever been around. Oh, life. well, you had met Clay. Uh, well, I, Clay yeah. Me and him, like I say, Mitch didn't run a goddamn marathon at 50 years old. <laughs> well, I'm not saying Mitch could do that, but I've played golf before with Mitch, and he's been oh, 15 yeah. fucking minutes looking for a ball so we don't have to take a stroke. Well, that's, that's why we've been such good uh, partners and good hunters, because we're both competitive, and we, don't, mm. we do not like to lose. But, yeah, we – we we that's like the time he blowed his hamstrings out at, at, oh, on a softball God. tournament. You know he he gets over there and Bad. he runs down first, and I mean he blows that one out bad. And we was like, "You big old pussy!" I was like, "God damn man!" I was like, God damn. So he he goes over there and puts ice on, it, tapes up, still plays, blows the other one out. Yeah, yeah, and still plays. And I was the pitcher. Yeah. Well, you know, you tore your you you and Jeff tore your Achilles about the Achilles about this yeah. same time. No, I was a year after year too. Yeah, year were year. That's after. a fucking miserable deal. But yeah. you played the rest of a basketball game with the tornado Achilles, and fucking Kevin Durant, he quit last night after he. Tore his. No, you remember when it? Were you at that faculty game? Yes. 
And when I think it was Fred Ledesma came down on my back. Well, he's a big, fat Mexican. <laughs> he was going up for a rebound, but when he did, that pop, um, the gym sort of stopped. Mm-hmm. It sounded to me like a shotgun. Of course, That's I was loud. Like, it it was really crying like a baby, just tears rolling down my eyes, and Jeremy said, I'm pretty sure that's worse than a sprain. Well, <laughs> well, Funk saw me, and I walked down the hall, and he said, well, I'm tell you right now, your Achilles is gone. Your foot's flopping sideways. Anyway, I got off on a tangent there. Yeah. That's yeah. the most and miserable. And up the size of a basketball. It's, it's the most crazy. miserable fucking deal ever. Because when I did, I thought somebody hit me with a fucking two-by-four. And you knew who was by me? Fucking Fred Ledesma. That's a sorry <laughs> son of a bitch. Wait till I see Fred. But he was there when I did mine. Because I thought somebody hit me in the back with a fucking two-by-four. Because it feels like somebody hit you in the back of the leg. And it would fucking hurt, but... And you were jumping, right? Yes. Seeing that's competitiveness, too, because I shouldn't have been doing what I was doing on the basketball court because I wasn't that guy anymore. <laughs> if but Andy, we can varmint hunt, but, and but we can bass fish, they and said, we do things like This that. is actually Andy's fault, because if he don't throw fucking enough interception against Rotan in the first half, we're ahead in that game, exactly. and I don't have to get excited because he comes back, we come that's back to right. win the game. Well, yeah, no, you also tore yours playing basketball, That was my too. second they time said, I tore mine. Uh, 39 to 42 is the prime age to tear your Achilles, and it's basketball. Really? Yep. Well, I can well, tell you. That'd been handy information. <coughs> well, with right all there. the information that's been gathered just right right here right quick, I, this is a, a surefire proof of why I'm the maverick and he's the <laughs> goose. His body's falling apart. I'm still running marathons, still quarterback in the football team. Yeah, yeah. But I was the top gun at the Texas Coyote. State championships held in Archer City, Texas, the one time Only they had an individual top gun. Who was the winner of that? Still have the plaque. Who got the gun? Well, I gave – well, we traded. I, but oh, yeah, not the point, lying. but that's what how did How did they decide the top gun? Who killed the most out of the total animals your team killed? Yeah. Wait, how many did you kill out of Six. Six. But, but – Out of how many? But – Yeah. Well, half. What we were, uh, we were doing was – uh, whoever killed the first coyote, we'd let the other guy shoot. So, mm-hmm. well, actually, the first one we kind of yeah, I missed the first shot. No, no, the first I mean the first coyote we got, hell, we didn't know who shot him because we both shot him at the oh, same yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. then we went to the next one. All right, whoever gets the next one take credit for the first one. He wind up. Well, who missed the most that day? I don't think much. we. Did. I don't think we missed. Well, him. then how did he get shoot so many and you didn't? Huh? Then how did he get to shoot so many more than because you? Because I was letting him shoot. He. So he could win the gun. Oh, so you said you was helping him then? I was. I was. Oh, okay. him. I set up his team. He no. set me up better. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now does Hutch shoot? There is something to that too. Y'all let Wayne shoot everyone he used to he hunt. Get, with y'all? He doesn't. He gets nervous when he hunts with us. That's why he no longer varmint hunts much. He gets nervous because of y'all. Oh, I think it's the constant bickering. We, we, y'all do back that's our forth. fault. That's our <laughs> fault. That Is that because y'all bickering? Yes. No, because he sees us fight e- each other. Yeah. You, you know, when one of us, you motherfucker, you got to make that shot, goddamn. <laughs> you know, and then, when, then that allows, you know, we go back and forth, especially when it, Hutch started first hunting with us. Boy, he's like, son of a bitch, these guys are going to kill each other before this. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not a very controversial person. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, but, but he's going to look good in the parking lot. Oh, you're damn right. <laughs> he's yeah. going to be warm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we like being his wingman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And part, part Part of the problem there is if, if it's cold, oh good, it takes him thirty five, and he like a brother, but it takes him thirty five minutes just to get dressed, even though he's already fully clothed in his camo <laughs> gear, and he can't move. And then, 
Mr. Patience here, when you're opening the gate, every time you get, it's a timed event. You let's know, go, some gates go. are easier than others to open and shut. But uh, <laughs> Wayne does it with full fledged Alaska mitts <laughs> on and You can just see Clay sitting there going like this. God dang, come on, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and for the people that don't know Wayne Hutchinson, I'm gonna go ahead and say his last name. It don't matter. He's he's a, he's a pretty boy. He's the best looking guy in the room everywhere you go. I do. Best dressed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. He's I'm best dressed, best looking guy. But he's Hollywood pretty. I mean, everywhere you yeah. go, ever you know, the women are all, and <laughs> he's pretty blonde sometimes. Oh yeah. I can just see him with those mitts out there because some of those locks, you're not getting those. Oh, yeah. But he I, don't have but, your damn bare fingers on it. But he is – that's something – and that's why he, he he kills himself when he misses one. Yes. Oh, it pisses him off so mad. I mean, because he worried – scared of y'all. He no, 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 no. He worried about him. He hates oh. it missing. He's that's some gun because – he is uh, Mr. Precise. You know, he, he loads all of his stuff. All of his guns are going to be perfect. He is the polar opposite of Clay Reed. You know, my <laughs> guns will sit there. I don't know if I've ever cleaned my gun. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, you can sow wheat on on the back of my rifle. You know, and they lay in the bottom of my truck and all that. And But now, Wayne... That some gun's going to be pristine. Them loads are going to be done. There it is, six centimeters of the, the ballistic <laughs> yeah. coefficient. I mean, he he works at his craft. So yes. when he misses one, he knows he had to miss it because it ain't going to be that damn gun, and it pisses him off. So he he's a neat freak like Mitch is about his stuff. No, 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 that's the other reason why yeah. me, me and him are good partners. Cause yeah. his uh, his filing cabinet looks just like my filing. Cabinet, I'm a piler. I mean, I floorboard of our truck. So tell us the story about the two twenty two. Well, wait a minute. You, you got to go back to the. He was he was going with the good story okay. with, about the. Uh, the SKS and and not having the gun and going with Marvin on the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Clay was in it and he told me he said I'm I'm about winning money. I don't care competition, all that's fine, which has all changed a lot because we got older. We like to compete, and he did too even then. But he said I don't want to shoot, so I'll shoot during the day. But at night, I want them dead. You know, I mean, he's dead serious. You know, that's what they did. They had the right. good guns. They had everything. You're a team player. I, I, all I want to do is win. win. I, yeah. don't, I ain't in a pissing contest. So. Yeah. And he didn't care who shot. And, I mean, still really doesn't unless we miss. And then yeah, that, that is what it is. But <laughs> <laughs> we go on this hunt in April. And we'd hunted two or three times. And that first year, we were in the money every time. I don't remember what. But we go to a hunt in April. The only one, I guess, I've ever Jacksonburg. Done. Yeah, ever the coldest i've been in my life I ain't 80 degrees during the day we killed two coyotes i think and it's three the front hits it's about three in the morning that night i i rode in the high rack everywhere we went we rode from the ansel to the guide mount i stayed in the high rack and it i think it's 30 something degrees with a yeah. wind chill of 20 and we didn't have clothing for that but we get to this place and we start making a call marvin's down on the ground and he's running the light. Well, here comes a cat, finally. And I'm no, sitting. no, I wasn't running the light. You was running the light. I finally I was running the light. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And I, I was screwed that up. But anyway, here comes this cat. He said, ah. He said, it's a cat. And he looked through the scope. I got said, excited because I knew we needed that cat yeah. real bad. I said, it's a cat. It's a cat. So, so he, he said, here, take the gun. I said, no. God damn it. I said, take the gun. Excuse my friend. <laughs> I said, not going to do it. 
I'll tell you one damn thing. If I miss this son of a bitch, I'm going to whip your ass. You I said, take the goddamn gun and shoot the son of a bitch. Shoot him, bitch. He goes, no, it's your turn to shoot. Shoot the son of a bitch. I said, no, I don't want to miss this son of a bitch. You, it's just your gun. You know how to shoot. We need this goddamn cat. Shoot the son of a bitch. No, it's it. Who's y'all's other partner on this thing? Marvin. Marvin. I bet Marvin's ready. And, and he, he, he Marvin's on the ground smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he finally listened to us. He's listening to us too. And he finally goes, well, one of you motherfuckers <laughs> shoot the son of a bitch before he gets in my goddamn pocket. But the funniest thing is he shoots because I'm not taking it. Man. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it. He shoots the cat jump straight up in there. And it, it's a hundred yard shot, but I mean. And oh my God, the camera! Right I told to you, God, told you to shoot the son of a bitch out of my I said he's dead. No, we ain't. Hell, he run off. I seen him run off. Marvin's walking out there. He's dead, and he walks straight to him, picks him up. I'm down on the ground with him, looking for the cat. By now, Clay's still in the high rack. Then he starts shushing us because he sees another set of eyes. All that commotion, we got something else coming in, so he starts shushing us. I said, "Well, kill them too." And yeah, I anyway, was trying to divert the attention off of my crying up there because <laughs> I was madder than you. Beating, you were beating yourself up. up oh there? yeah, I mean, I was mad. I told you, you got to shut this motherfucker man. It's your goddamn gun. But from that point on, he's been as good a shot uh, as I've ever seen. Did, did, did everybody win? Says that? Yeah, yeah, well, we won it. Well, it's funny how we did one. Mm-hmm. We went. We went over to, remember, over to Williamson's, mm. and it's cold. I mean, it's cold, some bitch. We was ill-prepared. And I and all we got, no, we have one cow and one cat. Two. Two cows and a cat. I think we had one and one. Two on the uh, cow on that day. You two fuckers need to get married. It's but, like me and Michelle anyway, talking. one of the other. We, we didn't have much, and we yeah. knew we needed some animals. And it wasn't happening. That cat was the only thing we had seen the other night. So we could get daylight, and I said, all right, boys, let me out. I said, I'm gonna, I, y'all pick me up over on Coleman Road, which is about a long oh, way, <laughs> about yeah. five miles. I said, uh, y'all pick me up over there. I'm going to go through here making calls. And uh, he said, all right, good luck. <laughs> so I wind up and I walk through there, make call after call after call after call, walk five miles back over and get way over there and didn't see an animal. And y'all wind up killing another one. Mm, I killed one. Yeah, killed yep. one while they were sitting in the pickup. Damn it. So we go to Jacksburg. We got, what, three cows and a cat. And we get over there and we're getting meat. We're getting meat by old Jared Hampton. Oh, Stable it. Yeah. And we're getting meat by. Uh, uh, Jared just, and his crew. Yeah, yeah. Jared and his crew. And, and uh, so we're like, damn, we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, so we got second, they got first. And all of a sudden, they got to pick a black bean to see who takes a lie detector test. And they all picked the bean, and they had this big guy on their team, and they wind up picking that black. He picked that black. To me. When he picked that black bean, his face went flush mm-hmm. like no other. And I said, boys, we're fixing to get first place. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, that's how we're going to fail to polygraph him. And it kicked us up first place. What, what did they do, do to cheat? Yeah. Uh, they, they swear they wasn't cheating. And uh, he said that. He, he swears they wasn't. He said they might have shot one off something, but he said they swear they. It was in there. their head though. Could, the week yeah. before they or the hunt yeah, before that, that, they, had they, they yeah they fa- failed the polygraph at Graham and that, they kicked that guy off the team for failing the polygraph and then they picked this guy up, and he fails the polygraph and they kicked him off the team. I was and wondering they, like could you fuck yourself like get just so worked up before taking this yes. polygraph and then it just screws everything. Oh, up? I'm sure you could. I, I, 
Especially like if you failed the week before. The people hosting and the polygraph person themselves can do that to you. No, they don't do that shit in Elk City, though, do they? I'm not a fighter per se, but (laughs) we got to the pickup. I turned around and said, bull crap on me. I mean, it's $8,000. And I start walking back and Clay stops me. And he said, you know I'll go. He said, but you also know I'm going to jail if we go in there. And he said, think about it. I said, well, that's a tough one. I said, <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> he said, goes you back know to what 1991, November 8, 91. Yeah. I knew I what said, happened. Right. And I was not even mad that night as I was at this time. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, God. That was the biggest screwing we ever had in our lives. But that guy set it up the whole time. We didn't draw a card. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to draw a card or a straw. Nope. Clay Reed's they taking this Clay one. And took him in there. And the guy that, the co leader of the hunt, it's him and one other guy that run it. He doesn't like anybody from Texas. He made it clear every time we went to it. Oh, every meeting you had is anti Texas this. Te- and. Just because Texas. y'all would win all the time? Well, that's the first time we were. Well, Texas won. guys had won it every year. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Texas guys. We got it. third once, mm-hmm. and yeah. that year we had it won. Oh, and, yeah. and the polygraph guy, it, it was so bad. I, I've got the documents where I researched it and wrote a letter, called the Oklahoma State Board of Polygraph Examiners, told them what happened, mm-hmm. and they said that's bull crap. Plus, the guy wasn't even a licensed polygraph guy. Oh, it was it was real. As soon as, out as, of, soon as they come out there and they seen our pile of coyotes, that Jody guy, you. that Jody guy had a deal. He goes, "Ain't no fucking way," and then he walks off. And I said, "What do you mean, ain't no way? You see some bitches laying on the goddamn <laughs> ground?" And he walked off in there. So I trailed him in there, and he goes to the polygraph guy, and they're back over. Said that oilfield supply deal. They get over there. He goes, "There ain't no goddamn. Man. You gonna tell me everybody else isn't coming in here with twos and threes, and they got fourteen? Blah, blah, blah. Cause it was a bad, yeah. windy son of a bitch, and mm-hmm. we just had we killed five on the first two calls. Had ten by noon. Yeah, it, it was, was just one of those deals where that, it worked. I yeah. mean, it's just working. What, what did they say that you failed at? What what well, the way it went? The way it went in? Well, they didn't. I mean, it, they just uh, said you failed. Sorry. They, well, it's funny. They come in there. So of course, as soon as I sit down, well, now, like I say, the polygraph guy's already in on the screws because mm-hmm. they'd already. Talked to him, told him that there's no way they got to be cheating. So I come in there, which I'd already washed my hands of the blood, you know, unloading coyotes. And he goes, "Hey, you need to go wash your hands. Them hands are dirty." I said, "I just did." He goes, "Well, no, no, you need to wash them again." So I went back there, just trying to aggravate me. I go back there and I wash my hands again. I come back in there and he sits down. He goes, uh, "Miss Ford, got anything?" He goes, where, "Where are you hunting at?" Uh, I he said, "Where are you from?" I said, "Texas." And he goes, "You hunting Texas?" I said, "Yeah." And he said, uh, where at? He said, that's a long ways. I said, yeah, two hours. I said, I hunt here every year the last five years. Huh. He goes, whereabouts in Texas? I said, Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls. I said, well, actually, you know, Archer City. I said, he goes, well, what is it? Oh, Wichita shit. Falls or Archer City? Don't start lying before I even get you on the machine. And I said, I wasn't fucking lying. If you want the goddamn truth, I was hunting in the middle of a pasture in the middle of BFE out there somewhere. I said, oh, so now I'm already mad. I know, I know it's fixing to go down, mm-hmm. which I'd already done. And so anyway, he gets me on the steel, and he plugs me up and gets everything on. He says the deal, and he, he goes, now, after the test, he says, what were you worried about during this test? And I said, I wasn't worried about nothing. 
goes, yeah, you was worried about something. I said, no, well, I wasn't worried about nothing. Worried about getting my money and going back to Texas and getting out of this thing. He goes, no, no, there was something else. That was, and he just keeps on, on and on and on. And I'm not talking for five minutes. Whistle goes on for like 30 minutes. It was in there for an hour and a half. Yeah. Really? And so then and uh, I said, why? He goes, well, there's something right here, da-da-da. He said, you see this right here? You see this little glitch? I said, no, I don't see that little glitch. I said, see, there's that, that line ain't any different than this line, than mm -hmm. this question. I said, I've taken a million of these. I, I've, I, uh, at my hunt for 20 years, I've watched them give them in mine. He said, when you lie, it's a spike. It's not a glitch. Right. He said, you know, and he said, well, there's something. So they give it to me again. It goes on, on, on. Anyway, and so finally he says, well, what – he said, hypothetically, what – what rule would you worry about if you had to worry about? And you're uh, still hooked up to this? No. You're, not, this is I'm, after. Yeah, I'm not even hooked up to it. And he said, this is after the second test. And he said, uh, well, hypothetically, what rule would worry you about in this conference? There ain't no rule in this. And he goes on and on and on. And he said, and then finally I said, well, if I was and I'm not, mm -hmm. it would be the loaded gun in a pickup truck. I said, last year we hunted this, and, and after the second call, I screwed up, and I drove 10 feet with a loaded gun in my truck, which even ain't even the law in Oklahoma. Right. And and, and damn sure ain't a law in Texas where we was hunting. And But because Jody said, all you Texas boys got to follow the Oklahoma law. I called the Oklahoma game warden. They said, no, that's not a law on a private property, only on a public road. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I said, but a rule's a rule. Yep. And I, I said, we quit. We hunted we for fun. Yeah, we, we, yeah we were done. And uh, so – I said, so if I had one, it would be there. But this year, we we knew that we wrote "unload gun" on on the window, so that we would unload our gun before we got in there. Everything. And when we killed five coyotes in the first two calls, hoss, mm -hmm. I can guarantee you, we wasn't going. <laughs> mm. We knew on this bad day. He said, so he was. You hunted with a loaded gun in the pickup, didn't I? I said, no. He goes, yeah, you just told me you did. I said, no, I damn sure didn't. I said, I did last year. He goes, no, you just did. I said, well, even if I did, I'm not hooked up onto that any machine. Right. And uh, that's how they felt. So what were you doing the whole time? You were just I was the, waiting. <clears throat> I, knew, I knew what was going on. And the guy that really, I guess, ran the store, not the anti-tech, he was the all right guy, he was troubled. Mm -hmm. And the guys that he were drunk. waiting on the polygraphs, <laughs> they were shaking their heads, said, something ain't right. And then when they came out, I got in the polygraph guy's face. I said, I hope you realize what you've done. Are you proud of yourself? And I looked at that big, tall piece of crap. And I went, said something to him, but I went to the other guy. And I'm not going to say his name. I said, you know this was a setup. You're in on it. You're as guilty as the rest of them. I said, and it's bull crap. Well, needless to say, they never had another. The next year they tried, they had yeah. two teams. Two teams came. Yeah, because I got on that Oklahoma Predator side, and I'm going to tell you, boys, if y'all ever jump in this contest, you're screwed. Because if they don't like you or you don't like what you're doing, they're going to fail you. Because I ain't never cheated in a contest, and I didn't cheat this one, and they robbed us of $8,000. Well, they did it to our that buddy, it. too. Yeah, it who, did. Who self-owned mm -hmm. something that really wasn't a violation. And he's a heck of a hunter too. And same deal. Then with they the, talked the, with about the gun him. or uh, loaded yeah. gun. He forgot to take a magazine out of a gun. But like I say, he's on a private ranch, so it doesn't matter. Mm. How long does a normal polygraph take for these predator hunts? Not an hour and a half. No, five minutes. That's 30, 40 minutes. So yeah. an hour drags on, and you're like, well, we're screwed. Yeah, oh, I went yeah. through that at the Worlds. The and uh, uh, he he made me take it three times, and we're sitting next to the room full of the world people 
waiting, you know, on the polygraph. The first place team, we were second. And we go through it twice. I said, is there a problem? He said, hell no, there's no problem. I said, he said, but I want you to lie on one question. And I, I, he said, question four, five, or six. I don't remember what it was. And I said, why? He said, because I want to see, make sure, oh. you know, I tell when you're lying. I said, okay. So he comes to that, what I think is a question. And I said, uh, yes, we did. And then we get through. He said, well, you just lied. I said, you just told me to. He said, yeah, but on qu the next question, I said, no, 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 oh, it's not shit. what you said. He said, well, if I was, this was a police investigation, you ought to be done and out of here, you're good. I mean, you haven't lied about anything. I said, then what the hell's the point of that little deal? Anyway, it was all fine. I did it again. It was perfectly good like the previous two. But they did not like the fact, I'm just going to state it, that there were two Texas teams sitting yeah. at the top of the world championships. It took about an hour, like you, a little over an hour. You know, the guy in Elk City, I don't understand that because uh, Shamrock isn't, what, 30 miles from Elk City, 45 miles? I mean, yeah. it's not like they're not the they have a whole, guys are close. They have a whole bunch of Texas teams in there. Yeah, because that's no different uh, than but, people from Knox City hunting in Abilene. Exactly. exactly. Or it's actually probably closer to Abilene. I mean, yeah, it's probably it, closer to Texas than it is to Abilene. And the sad part was it was a damn good hunting. Yes, it had more it teams than any team at the time around. Do they have any outlaw-type varmint hunting where you can just go hunt and there's no fucking polygraph and none of that shit? That's is it the too awesome crooked? hunt. It's yeah. what? Yeah, the Clay Reed Alsop's hunt. Well, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. So anything yeah. goes. Yeah, the Alsop's hunt is, uh, you know, usually we wait till the worst condition day there is, right? And a lot of times it's during Christmas when everybody's in for the holidays or no or Thanksgiving, and the Alsop's hunt is, all right, who's in? And then, you know, they'll text me. I I'm, see it on your Facebook all the time. Yeah, I'm time. in, I'm in, you know, and everybody just declares where they're in, and there ain't no rules in the awesome hunt. You can run them over. You can hunt off deads. You can shotgun them. You can do whatever you want. But you got to be back at, at also by midnight. And then everybody, you don't even have to come there to sign up. Starts at dark till midnight. And everybody brings their entry fee. It's kind of like a big party at midnight. You know, everybody comes together and pays their entry fee and declares the winner. The, the first one we ever had, me and old the shrub, Dwayne Elston, we call him a shrub because he's a little short guy and his family tree was a shrub. <laughs> so we got we got the shrub, me and him, and, uh, and I mean, it's a blizzard night. Highway 82's got about three inches of freaking ice on it, snow, and we ain't seen an animal. And everybody, nobody's seen an animal because everybody's talking through the night. Y'all doing any good? No, 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 no. We're going through there, and then all of a sudden, we're dry. I said, hell, let's go get some coffee at Allsup's in uh, Holiday. So we're going to Holiday, and I turn left there at Mankins and head to Holiday, and I'll kiss your ass. We look up there standing on the yellow stripe as a coyote. I said, get ready, Dwayne. <laughs> and, and he hung out the window, and I turned sideways right there in the middle of the highway, looked like the Duke boys, and he went. <laughs> and that cow's like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> Shot him right there on the yellow stripe and killed him right there. And that's how we won that one guy. Yeah. Did you ever have anybody no show y'all for the money if they hadn't done very good during the night? Or is no, everybody good about no, showing no. up? No, it's all buddy, buddy deal. Yeah, matter of fact, oh, uh, one night we had a deal, oh, Jaime Metasca and Morgan Mobley, who was like a freshman at the time. They killed a cow, and they were going to win it with that one cow. Another blizzard night, colder now, snow, ever, and they were going to win it. They killed a cow on the first call. Well, Jaime calls me, and he says, how's everybody doing? He said, ain't nobody killed a damn thing. Ain't nobody even seen a damn thing. He said, are you shitting me? I said, yeah, and it's like a $2,000 pot. And he goes, 
are you shitting me? And I said, yeah. He goes, we got one. I said, all right. Hell, you're probably going to win two grand. He goes, hell no, we ain't going to win shit. He goes, uh, Sam Fleming and Dustin Jatom was supposed to come by here and give us a ride to Archer. I ain't even got a vehicle. I can't even get to Archer. And them two stupid son bitches got drunk and passed out. We don't know where the <laughs> hell they're at. And uh, so he's like, are you shitting me? I said, well, call somebody. Get your ass over here. He goes, I'm trying. I'm trying. And, and so anyway, we pulled up at the officers. And, of course, Jaime and them, they can't get there. So nobody's killed anything. And all, well, actually, about 30 minutes before there, Old Casey Hoff calls me. He says, he said, well, we're going to bed. Who's winning it? I said, Casey, there ain't nobody killed anything. Are you shitting me? I said, nope. Got to go click. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he hauled ass. He hauled ass. And I was like, what's that all about? So we're sitting up there drinking beer in, front, in the awesome parking lot, you know, waiting on 12 o'clock. Finally, about 12.02. Here comes Casey and Justin <laughs> Coleman running in hot. And you don't want to hunt in hot because there's three inches of ice on everything. <laughs> but they come in there, slid sideways, hit the curb, slid here. I thought they were going right through the awesomes in Archer City. <laughs> and they finally got to shut down. Oh, we late? And I said, yep, you're three minutes late. He goes, son of a bitch. And I said, well, did you kill anything? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you win. Ain't nobody else killed anyway. We'll let you have it. And so uh, – we gave him away, and and way it happened, after I got off the phone with him, they had killed a coyote earlier in the night, uh, up on some hay bales, a hay bale stack of uh, of round bales. But when they shot that coyote up on top of that hay bale, the coyote had fell down in the middle of all them hay bales. Well, they're stacked in, they can't get to him. So they can't get the coyote in. So as soon as they found out that this one coyote was going to win them two grand, they hauled ass out there and woke that Mexican up and made him drive that tractor, <laughs> made him drive that tractor all the way down there and start pulling them hay bales out of that something. Two, two grand, two grand for that something. Do you know the Graham hunt? Talking about no rules and all that stuff. You had the worlds, which were New Mexico and Arizona, yeah. which have been around for a long time. But when it exploded in Texas carlton kendrick was the guy that ran it in graham texas and it got so big sort of like bass fishing used to you didn't have polygraphs well you put men and money it got to where there'd be 25 teams then 30 and then 40 teams etc and so forth so the first year i hunted it had only been like three years since they started doing that but when they first did it is pretty much anything went until they found that somebody had stuck a water hose and filled up a coyote. Yeah, There's all to win the heavy animal and no, all. A water, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. 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 Or ball bearings. Ball bearings. Yeah, yeah I, I used to I, shove I, the ball bearings up yeah. there. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that, that sort of when it got really big. I mean, the Kendrick, uh, the Graham Hunts, whatever, but that's what it was. I didn't know another one in Texas at that no, time. No, no, I damn sure didn't. And it just sort of exploded. So how that. could you cheat on like a total, a total – Hunt off of dead pits, you know, because it's a calling contest. Well, now that that happened out here one year on the deals because they used to let them kill them of everything, and the guys up here on the big ranches out here, on, on Red's old place out there, they've had a bunch of dead piles. Yeah, of Reno, yeah, yeah. cousin them. Yeah. yeah, and they were shooting them out of shotguns, which yeah, they 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 want it. Reno and them won. They brought like forty, but that's when it was within in, the they? rule. Yeah, right, four, right. Yeah, they had forty one, but the team that got second. 
they killed one cow and they shot him off from County Road. And uh, so they, they failed to polygraph. And they said, well, the only reason we was cheating because we knew them other son bitches cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all buddies, you know. Yeah, it was funny. And that, that was the last hunt that Reno ever hunted. Matter of fact, he told me after that hunt, he goes, I'm done. I said, what do you mean you're done? Yep, my baby girl's going to be born. And he said, I'm done hunting them cows. I said, ah, bullshit. He stayed true. That was the last cow hunt he did in the contest. Yeah. And they they had a good game plan. It was perfectly legal. Yeah, they were running mm-hmm. them down them wheat fields, shooting them with shotguns. Hell, they can go over there at that Hamilton field. Yep. Shoot, I, I gathered goddamn yearlings off there and more coyotes than yearlings on that side. You know, you know how far it is around the edge of that thing. A long way. Twenty three miles if you drive the edge of that field. Yeah. Really? The, yeah. Of the eleven hundred acre field. I, I think would, it's nineteen or seventeen on the big stumpy. I would hate to freaking plow that some we, bitch. We well, I've got all of it, but we don't ever have there's no geese in there like there used to be. We used to hold a bunch of geese up there and that's how we would have to scout. We'd have to be like, You're gonna have to drive six. You got point. all that and you're yeah. not letting me cow hunt on it? You've never asked me about it. I don't care if you go cow hunting there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get life lead next year, boy. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, we used to be like, okay, you need to drive 6.2 miles. You have to reset miles your odometer. At 6.2 miles, and then you need to go a quarter of a mile out in the field because that's where the big rack of birds is. And, and if you were off by two or three miles, you're fucked. that's a long fucking way. Oh, wow. you ain't shitting. And between that and my guy used to call the spike box the hike box because yeah, once yeah. the birds would start setting up, you'd have to go you fucking scare them. them. Oh, up. God. Yeah, that shit turns into work. I got a lot of respect in that, but mm-hmm. I also think you're a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. I, I ain't chasing no goddamn roosters around. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, you gave more oil field stories because the fi- the fire story was one of my favorites. Also, <laughs> oil field story. Oh yeah, I love oh, the stick. Shoot, the man, the, the what? The stick with Jeff Morney and Steve Wright. Oh, he's told us that one, yeah. but the shit. No, that wasn't on stick. That no, he put it in a rag. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, he that's threw right. it on, and then I come back and smeared the call handle with did, did, stick. Tell the Jeff Marnie and the BB story, just for the people who haven't heard <laughs> that before. Oh my God, that's great. But Jeff, Jeff, like I say, you always knew when Jeff was getting drunk because his eyes would go crossing. <laughs> you know, you, you, when them eyes started crossing, you knew he was ripe for a prank, <laughs> and. uh Hell, so they got him over there that one night, and O'Shawn told him, he said, and he had one of the Benjamin pump-up pistols, and he told him, he said, uh, uh, Jeff, did you know that if you're stout enough and strong enough, you can put your thumb over the end of the barrel of this son of a gun and shoot it in the air, cannot come out, so it would go back, and the, and the BB can't go off. And, of course, old Jeff looked at him in the cross eyes and said, boom, shit, you do it. And so he, and O'Shawn pumps it up ten times. And he acts like he drops the BB into the barrel, but he drops it into his palm of his hand. Well, Jeff, with his cross eyes, he's not seeing very well. <laughs> he don't see it. So then Sean, he sits there and he, poof, gun goes off, rolls that old hand down there. And he goes, God damn, if you dig you, I can do it. Give me that <laughs> son of a bitch. So he, he pumps that son of a bitch up 10 more times. And boy, and I mean, he's sitting there and there's 30, 40 people in that house. And he said, boy, and he's all hunkered up, bent over, ready for it. Being stout and <laughs> that son of a bitch screamed like a banshee, and every time his heart beat, that goddamn that Sean said that 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 damn blood would squirt out of there, and it looked like the Jonestown massacre in there because everybody's falling down, laughing at it, and Jeff's doing the chicken dance, hopping around everybody with blood squirting all over everybody. Yeah, and then when it, you know he had that BB in his thumb for. 
years and years. And when he went to Encore, they made him get it cut out because it was a conductor of electricity. <laughs> and Mitch, this is your brother-in-law. That is oh, my brother-in-law. Oh, now, yeah. genetically, your wife is a beautiful lady. She is amazing. Is she smarter than her brother? She's smarter than hell. Yeah, uh, I mean, this maybe. table is smarter than her brother. <laughs> She's the toughest one of the bunch, too. Well, she her, had two kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, but. Jeff and Marlon and my brother and that oh crew, God. they'd try to prank her and stuff, you know, when she was in high school. She beat the hell out of three of them one time. I mean, <laughs> beat them up. And they, they they weren't little kids then. They were like eighth graders or something like that, and she beat the crap out of them. Yeah, See, I think of her as the sweetest lady. She I mean, is. Just nah, sweet not, pie. Uh, but one time I, she got mad at me. I said something to her about a girl's name. She might listen to this. So I don't want to have to have her whip my ass she again. She will listen. And she got mad, and she threw me, hit me in the fucking eye with a golf ball. And it wasn't even <laughs> the same person. It was just somebody had the same name. And she went batshit crazy. Oh, like, what oh the yeah. Fuck? See, don't, don't. don't. <laughs> I'm not bringing the name up. Because she gave me strict orders before I left. <laughs> Man, I knew. No. No. Maybe I need to start bringing some shit <laughs> no, up. No. The good thing about on here, I, I you know, I ain't got to tell the truth. I can make shit up. <laughs> yeah, you remember that time we was at Aveline? Yeah. 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 But this still was a uh, – this was just a name, same know. name. You but were I antagonizing. Just, I know. No, I didn't even know about it. Boy, she fucking come back shit crazy. I was like, what the fuck? It, it don't take You don't much. even know this person. I'm married to the exact same animal. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I can see why your wife after the first one was not real happy huh? with you. I could see where she would not been – Thinking that was very funny. I thought after the first podcast, I thought, God damn, Clay's wife is probably the most cool woman you ever meet. She is. I mean, she's yeah. very understanding about him talking about all that stuff. Oh. Just, I don't yeah. think it went as well as everybody. It went good on <laughs> our end. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Our, our end went great. Yeah, well, it's a, good, it's a good thing I'm a west side hood and she's a east side hood. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah, the other night, I, you know, I told her, you know, she, I said, she's wanting Older she gets, she getting kind of clingy. Oh, you, you need to come sleep on my side of the house. I said, fuck no. I said, you like it hot over there? I said, I don't want to sweat my balls while I'm sleeping. <laughs> she likes it 90, and I like it 30 below. And, uh, and you know, of course, she's on my ass. I said, well, God dang, you know, it's the only time we can knock some on. And I said, yeah. I said, well, she used to. Our, our day was during the during the middle of the day. Well, we don't get that because we live out in the country now. I used to, she come home work, and you know, because you know, in the morning, <laughs> she she is not a morning guy, and uh -huh. I am not an evening guy. You know, it, it, you know, at eleven o'clock, I'm good to go, but she's already that's about the time she go to bed. So, you know, I'm trying to get her ass. To, I said, hey, you need to, you know. I said, so I go in there the other morning. And she'd been on my ass, you know. My God, we don't ever get to do it. I was like, ah. So I come in there the other morning. I thought, like, well, I'll rouse her ass up. She's wanting <laughs> bad. And I go in there. Oh God, dang! She got my. It, it, it. The, the vibe is gone when you hear heavy sighs. <laughs> you know. You know. You hear a. Yeah, hurry up and get this over with. Are you done yet? <laughs> God, and she's checking her watch over there, and I'm going. 
And of course, about half, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> she goes, no, no. And well, then she feels bad. Yeah. Then she feels bad. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She sends me texts all day. Of course, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't responding. I'm, I'm, you got leverage now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm mowed up. I got <laughs> Give me a hard time about I'm not coming in there and rape your ass. I finally come in there and rape your ass, and you give me the heavy side. <laughs> and I'm like, check oh, your watch dang. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So, boy, well then. The next night, she shows up, and she's wearing satin, and she comes to the west side hood. Well, like I say, at night, my ass is going to bed. I said, hey, you can wear all the satin you want. I said, you can wear Pamela Lee coming in there, and I, I, I'm ready to go to bed. But uh, and so, she, but she did sleep with me, and I, but of course, middle middle of the night, I reach over there, I'm gonna grab me a titty, and you know, and after I wake up, I'm ready to go. She's not there, and I grab the pillow. The, the bitch done snuck off. She on snuck me. off on that you. went back to the east side. Didn't even stay to cover. Hell no, didn't grab me a titty. Didn't say nothing. Uh, man, I was mad, but I like I say I. I went in there and Tarzan did the next because I knew she had that guilty conscience. Oh yeah, so it wasn't none of this heavy size yet. She was a, a willing participant. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. top this story, Mitch? No, 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 because no, he's living the same life whether he would have met her or not. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, that's the good thing about my house being so big and 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 her. She's got her own uh, uh, heating and cooling. <laughs> I got my own heating and cooling because, man, I'm, I've lived in a tent my whole life, and I've already said that as long as I pay that electric bill, I ain't sweating when I goddamn sleep because <laughs> there ain't nothing worse. And I have, I agree. I have sweated and slept. No it. sense drinking cheap beer and living hot in the summertime if you exactly. can afford it. Exactly. It's miserable. You How get, long did you live in the tent for? Oh, shit. Off, over there about two years. I know it was there a long time. If his wife hears this story and she don't like it, he might be in that some bitch again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can barricade the man, the man side of the house. He's, that house is beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. After being in ten, like I say, I'm pretty easy. <laughs> pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy maintenance. Yeah, hell, I could live out there in the barn and it'd be an upgrade. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's cool. So, was it two years off and on, or was it two years? Well, like I say, I two years. Yeah, but you know, hell, I. Kelly had her pad, so I stayed at her pad quite a bit too. So when you I get went, when you get your first house after the tent, you got to be like son of a bitch. Toilet, look, best thing in the look world. Look at all bitch. this. Look at all this room I got. And Not if you knew what my first house was. <laughs> no. my, our, our first house uh, when when after I got gonna get married to Kelly and all that, and then all this we had to have us play. So we we're going around, and of course. I'm a broke dick cowboy, you know, I ain't got nothing. And uh, so I drive around town, I find this old house, it's an abandoned house. I mean, shit show, one room house. And uh, with a one room, bathroom, and a kitchen. And uh, weeds growed all over, and I look through the window, and there's trash stacked about chest deep. Somebody's been throwing all their trash oh. Got just spoiled trash all in it. So, hell, it looked like a good place to me. You know, <laughs> shit. So I, I went to the guy that owned it, old Sean Awesome. I said, hey, Sean, you want to rent that place over to you? What house? I said, a little yellow house over behind Buster. He goes, that house? Really? He goes, you clean that so much up, you can live in it for free. Oh, boy, he messed up there, didn't he? Hell, yeah. So I, I go over there, and Kelly and Nikki, they worked their ass off digging all that trash out and hauling off. And uh, they they cleaned it all up, but it was still a piece of shit. And, uh, well, matter of fact, uh, when you when you went to uh, take a shit, 
you could take a shit, and if it was raining, you could take a shower too. <laughs> it didn't have a roof over the bathroom. And it, the, that uh, and it caught on fire, and there wasn't no roof over the bathroom. So yeah, so if you how long sh- did you live there? Uh, thank God, only about two months. But uh, <laughs> that's when I got a job at the parky, and uh, yeah, went, moved out to the ranch house. But yeah, we was that. Yeah, that's when. Uh, yeah, that was good. Did I ever tell that story? I need to tell that story. About, this is going to uh, be a good one. Then go ahead. We want to hear it. About nah. working out the parking? No, nah, when Kelly pissed on me. Oh, <laughs> no, but you can't. You can't. You, you can't. You, can't, you, you got to tell us now. But on, on the tent deal, when y'all think of a tent, mm-hmm. y'all need to think like Civil War. Wall tent. One man like tent. Yeah. Oh. by a tank with his horse in there. Well, I had graduated up. Yeah, you remember that one. But yeah. I I graduated up because the, the last day of my tent, I actually had twin bed and a chest of drawers in the summer gun. Yeah, I oh, got I got, yeah, I got one. Tent? Yeah, Lance. Lance family wanted a garage sale, Yeah, which I didn't live in it very long. But he's talking about the other one, <laughs> the original was a, it's just a there stick. Was just, it's just a stick. There's just, a, just the enough room for me. I had me, my clothes, my boxing bag, and uh, Gizmo, my dog, and Kelly when she – and I had an oil lamp. and had that oil lamp, and that's what kept us warm in the winter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, – Would Kelly visit the tent? Oh, yeah. She slept in that tent many, many times. She was true love right there. That oh, is. yeah. Oh, yeah. She, you, you know – yep. But, hey, <laughs> that style points for old Johnny Clay. <laughs> He's still got – it's kind of like the girls up there the other day at uh, Nebraska – did you see that, Dale? Yeah, but I'm going to let you tell it. Yeah, I, I get up there in Nebraska, and uh, I knew I still had it, but this, <laughs> this, this, this is a confirmation. I get up there to Nebraska, and I'm going to go check out some of that, and I pull into a quick stop or whatever, some convenience store to get me a burrito or something, and, and there's two little old guys there, 25, 30 years old over there, and, you know, and they, of course, I got my boots, my button-down shirt, and, you know, I'm styling, and, and – uh, this old gal, she starts making conversations. She goes, where are you from? I said, Texas. She goes, ooh, I like your accent. It's sexy. And I said, uh, and then she goes, uh, shit, if I wasn't pregnant already, I'd let you knock me <laughs> up again. Little old 90-year-old woman sitting next to me like, what the hell we got going on over here? She's looking back for them. And she goes, do you got any horses? I love horses. I said, oh, yeah, I got horses. She, I said, I can't more freely. She said, oh, really? Oh, God damn. I thought it was over then. <laughs> yeah, so I go out in the parking lot. I'm telling my wife. And uh, I tell her, I say, yeah, your husband, he still got it. <laughs> she don't get the humor in it. But she goes, well, what are you doing now? I said, I'm sitting out here in the parking lot wondering if I ought to go back in. <laughs> Son of a bitch, get your ass back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so your wife pissed on you? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was funny. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get divorced over this one. <laughs> but, but, but it, it was funny. <laughs> that was the, we get we had a big party over there, and my buddy, my and I was leaving the party, and uh and Kelly is foo barred. She is out cold, and uh so I'm gonna take her home and have my way with her. I mean, I don't have to have her there. Is all I need is the body. So, so, and I, I knew you can gonna, get a little freaky then. I huh? knew it was gonna get easy. Yeah, she gonna wake up uh, with shame in her eyes. So I, I throwed her over my shoulder and I was headed out there to leave. And my buddy Sean comes over and he said, "Hey, uh, don't leave. I'm fixing to whoop the shit out of so and so, and uh, don't want you no, no, don't let nobody break it up." I said, "Ah." Right. So I flopped old Kelly down on the back of the hood. <laughs> And uh, and I went back in there. Of course, my buddy he goes fighting, and then me and another guy got into it. And we get down on the bottom, and he said, "He goes, hell, let's just watch him." I said, 
That sounds like a good deal. Then everybody went to fighting. I mean, everybody's fighting. Well, until uh, Crystal, Crystal, we had a girl in town named Crystal. Uh, she's dead now, but she was a bad, bad bitch. Matter of fact, I, when I worked in the oil field with her, or her husband, <laughs> worked in the oil field with her husband one time, and that's before I knew her or him. He shows up. He's my relief. And he comes in. He's got a big-ass black eye, big-ass bite mark out of Oof. his cheek, one on his chin. I go, God damn, Johnny, what the hell happened to you here? Uh, me and the wife had a little old falling out. I said, your fucking wife did that? <laughs> I said, make sure you point that bitch out when I get into town. I do not want to cross this something. And she was tough. But when everybody got to fighting, I guess she got excited. She wanted to whoop somebody's ass. So she had uh, Casey Jolie. She had Casey Jolie, Curtis Jack. She had two two boys in a headlock whooping their ass and chasing. Had both of them in a headlock chasing, trying to get their other buddy who's trying to get her. They hit her with a beer bottle. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Neal hit her with a beer bottle, and it didn't even phase her, trying to slow her up. And then she finally pulled a gun, and the party was over. Oh, shit. And then, so we left. So I go, hey, I got I got old Miss Easy over here. Miss <laughs> Easy. So I, I take her, and I flop her in the deal, and I wind up having my way with her and all that. Well, she, she passed out. And like I said, it didn't bother me. We was married, goddamn. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> you own that. Yeah, exactly. Goddamn. My, so I get over there and I'm turn TV on. I'm sitting there watching the deal. And she's laying beside me. Da, da, da. And all of a sudden, she throws her leg over me. Of course, we're both butt ass naked. And all of a sudden, psh, that son of a bitch <laughs> pissed all over me. And I was like, God dang, you son of a bitch. And boy, I get up and I jump over there and. And I go over and get on the couch, go take a bath and a shower. It wasn't raining that day. But, and, uh, so I get all cleaned up. And the next morning she goes, what are you doing over there? I said, fiddle around, little Miss Pisspot. She's pissed all over me. Oh, my God, don't you tell anybody. I said, I won't tell nobody until I get to the cafe. Yeah, sworn to sing herself. That one's going to cost your ass. Oh, I know. Yeah, she'll be mad at the jack. Yeah. Yeah, but she knew what her. she knew what she was getting into when she married me. God damn! Do her parents? Did they like you when they first met you? Oh yeah, For, they liked you at very first too. Yeah, they, that's that's amazing, Clay. Because yeah, if I had yeah. a daughter, if your daughter was dating a guy like Clay Reed, what would you do? Well, I think her dad was Clay Reed. Uh, he uh, was, so he was the DeLeon Clay Reed. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So she's from DeLeon. Uh-huh. Okay, I yeah. know some people. There's good people down there. So did uh, so if your daughter Lindsay Lindsay right Lindy Lindy. And she's a softball queen, stud athlete. If she brought home Clay Reed right now, what would you do? Someone just like you. Living in a tent. They don't have kids like that no more, though, hardly. No, they don't. Well, first of all, they, they – they, Oh, yeah, they do. They got one in town named Silas Wilson. And he's like you were when you was little? Oh, yeah, he, he got potential. He got potential. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good kid. He's a redneck boy just like me. He's a hellraiser. Uh, well, he's, he's taming. But his daddy, that's his cousin. Yeah, yeah and he he's a wild man, but – yeah, so they they, they do make them though. kids like that. But yeah. you you so you're cool with your daughter dating somebody like that? No. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, he, but he's a good man. I mean, he doesn't want to hear that. But that's the Clay truth. is. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, no. He yeah. is a good man. That's yeah, what but, I'm saying. But, but I'm I mean, that's that, what I'm saying. The 18 year old so. version of Clay. Oh, sure. This is what we talked about. The one that wanted to date my daughter before we we're not going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It. That's a different deal. Would you let 18 year old Clay date 18 year old Marnie when she was younger? No. <laughs> not on a day. No. 
That's a no. Yeah, Mitch, probably. that's an easy no. That's I don't no. even know why you're hesitating. Yeah. No. Yeah, know, because everywhere want... I walked, you could hear. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want an 18-year-old Mitch dating 18-year-old Mark. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> there you go. So old, <laughs> Mitch dating anybody, probably. So, yeah. uh, you got any stories on Les Macias, old friend of ours? Les? Yeah, old cowboy. Not too bad. No. Not Nothing good, good on, Clay, on, on, on him, on Les. No, he's having woman problems at the moment, but uh, <laughs> yeah, between his old lady and his girlfriend, and, and yeah, he, yeah, I better stay out of that. I don't want the girlfriend or the old lady whooping my ass. And they both, I think, can do it. Yeah, yeah, he that boy's the shit. Yeah, he just plum tickled over there. You have to know Les Macias. Yeah, 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 hell yeah. Yeah, he got kicked out of both houses the other day, I think. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know. The what? wife didn't want him, the girlfriend didn't want him, and Jimmy Armstrong wound up with him. And Jimmy didn't want him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. So, yeah, he had to go through therapy. Jimmy, I think, was the. Uh, therapist? Yeah, the therapist trying to get yeah. one of them to like him. Yeah. One time, is years ago, Andy, I don't know if you remember this or not, but Andy and Zach were, we were living in our first house. You guys were little. Hell, y'all were probably, how old are you, seven, eight? It was in the back of the house. We had the, bed, the bedrooms in the back of the house. And um, I'm in the back of the bed watching TV. It's it's August or something. It's summertime. And somebody knocks on the front door and thinking a little town. Hell, you don't think nothing about it. And all of a sudden, Andy, or Zach, I think it's Andy come in the bedroom. He's like, hey, there's some guy here to talk to you. <clears throat> okay. I said, who is he? He goes, I don't know. It's a Mexican guy. And he's got this cowboy hat that's rolled up like a taco. I go, that's got to be Les Macias from Wichita Falls. And damn sure it was Les. Les' his family's from Knox City. Oh, but then. So, unless every time he'd come to town, would come by. But one night we were at Cheyenne, and Wes was my wingman. Les was my wingman. I talked to some Air Force girl trying to dance with her. She had a friend. And I asked your friend, I said, why don't your friend dance? Ah, she don't really like to dance or nothing, and this ain't her kind of stuff. I said, okay. So Les come walking by, and I grabbed him. I said, this is my friend Les. He don't speak English. His dad's doing business with my dad over here, and he lives in old Mexico. But I said, he likes to dance. Would you dance with him? She's like, well, I don't really know how to dance. I said, Les, would you like to dance? And I move my fingers like, you know, like moving your fingers like this. And Les just kind of wait, kind of shook his head up and down, and he grabbed her. Well, she couldn't say no to him because he didn't speak English. <laughs> so he good. danced, and he danced with her all fucking night long. I mean, we was there from – we'd go early. We'd go at 9 o'clock at drink specials till 11. We'd be at oh, 9 yeah. o'clock. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. They can turn the lights on. You know you've had a good night at a bar when they turn the lights on. You don't realize it's time to leave. Like, God damn, it's 2 o'clock already? Yeah. So we get up you. to go out, and um, this girl, is she's trying to thank Les in broken Spanish. She doesn't speak it very well. And I don't know if Les <laughs> even can speak fucking Spanish. <laughs> and she's trying to tell him thank you for the dancing. You know, uh, I don't even fucking know. How do you say thank you? Gracias. Gracias. She's like, gracias, por favor, some shit like this. And Wes is just smiling and shit. And so she's fixing to walk off, and Les goes, hey, you want to do the dance again next weekend? We'll be here. <laughs> she turns around, and she wants to say yes, and then she realized she'd been, he'd been fucking with her all night. But all night long, everybody in the bar was in on it. But he just he looked like a stoic, dumb guy just sitting there just smiling all night. Well, he plays part well. He, he does play it well. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a girlfriend and a wife. That's pretty interesting. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, ex-wife, I think they split up. And then, I mean, hell, you never know with Les. Like I say, if he's smart, he go back to Beth, but he's not – you never know about old Nah, he don't always do the smart things. So. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. about things I've picked up on here that's pretty funny? 
Did, did they get the fucking stats wrong on softball and shit in high school sports and dude, fucking newspapers? No, that shit's so stupid. That is so stupid. I mean, no offense to some of the girls over there, but like that that one school over there, you know. Let's just keep it for minors. Let's don't mention any names. Yeah, okay, your yeah, schools. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, I mean, God, I mean, some stupid shit. But I've seen that. I, pre- I prepared my daughter for it. I remember one time in Archer City, a kid got all first-team all-district third base and all-state third base, never played third base a day in his life. And uh, and then a kid over at the same time over at Winthorpe, who was a badass third base, didn't get it. And I was like, how in the hell? I mean, I've seen some of them, that's some of the stupidest shit. Yeah. I've seen it on basketball stats out here. Kids get these stats, and they start – well, they've scored 5,000 points or whatever. Well, they'd have to average 45 points for yeah, their yeah, freshman yeah. year in school, and they didn't even play basketball their freshman well, year. That's like on them on them deals, on them stat leaders, you know, that one school had five kids on their team that batted over 500. You ought to be winning state if you got five kids over there. That's, and and, and I, I thought, well, i got to go check their record. They were 8 and 11. <laughs> Eight and eleven, and I go. They're bad pitching. Are, are you serious? And uh, and, and like I say, they're a, they're a smaller school. I mean, yeah. If you took out two of those schools over there, I mean, a bunch of. I mean, I think it was like ten of those top area leaders were from those two schools, and they were the worst teams around. Now, I saw you talking that. We got a lot of a lot of play on Facebook. That's why I was asking. Oh you about yeah. It. Oh, I mean that was. Yeah, and I got a lot of message. You know, because you can't call nobody out, and I ain't trying to take any, uh, anything away from anybody. But it it, uh, it is what it is. I, I'm telling you, it, it is freaking crazy. It's worthless as deal. And and what's bad is you know poor old Lindy. She had a great freaking year. Go all the way to the regional final. Been three years starter over there. And I thought, well, maybe it's their district stat. So I go on the district stat, and hell, she batted like five, five sixty something in district. Had twenty one RBI, stolen base. I mean, I thought, wait a minute. So I go over there and look at the other girl. wasn't even close. And I go, what the hell are you? Maybe you beat the girl's daddy up or something, and somebody's getting back at you. Uh, you never know. It could be it. <laughs> Small yeah. Well, like I say, our coach was pretty shitty. She she was mad at the meeting too. We had another girl get. Well, there was there were several girls, not just Archer girls, that that got shafted. And oh well, it is what it is. And a guy sent me a message on um, the close podcast group. And he wanted to know: Do you eat ribs with your fingers, or do you use a fucking fork? I don't eat anything with fork. We had steak tonight, and you you didn't even use a fork. No, I I ate that big steak with my hand. Andy, well, last week we started talking about eating habits. <clears throat> Andy don't like to eat ribs because his fingers get sticky. No, I said. And then he goes, and he goes, "What do you do to your fingers?" I said, "You lick them." Oh God, that's disgusting. Who the fuck don't lick their fucking fingers? <laughs> well, I said I, if I could, I can kind of see where he's coming from. You go in there, wipe your big old ass, and it's a little special flavoring. <laughs> Jeff said he doesn't like brisket, and I said I prefer brisket over ribs because it's not near as messy. And then it snowballed after that. Who the fuck don't like ribs? Do you, Mitch, do you I eat ribs? Like I like ribs. You use your I fingers, mean, don't it's you? It's just not Both something. Combination. Yeah. I eat some of my steak with my fingers, tear the fat out, you bet. But, ribs, you think, I mean, I but if your hands them. get a little dirty, it don't matter. Yeah, ribs are all hands. Yeah, and you're going to lick yeah. your fucking fingers. Even using my them. potato, you know. Bingo. Yeah, you know what's funny is when we got here, I was, I was asking you where a fork and a knife was. Like I was really yeah, going like to use gonna it. Yeah, you were going to do it. The fork and the knife still clean over there. <laughs> you lived in a goddamn tent. We don't expect you. Yeah, didn't I, fucking use, you didn't order to wash your silverware then. I got part caveman in me anyway. <laughs> that yeah. may be another reason. Quote. 
Hutch quit hunting with us. That is true. Eating. Yeah, yeah Mister Clint. When you ate the chicken soup. Oh pork, yeah, he and the what's the meat in the can? Uh, potted, potted meat. Potted meat. That freaked. What'd you do Hutch now? Out. Well, you know, like chili. Uh-huh. You know, in a can. Mm-hmm. Little beady weenies or anything like that. Shit, I just open the can and just down it, you know, and eat it out of the can. I'm Ron Stanfield's son, so that don't scare yeah, me off because exactly. I've seen this shit. Yeah, I mean, it. But what about what, potted what's meat? What's potted meat anyway? Potted meat? You don't know what potted meat I know. I've had yeah, it before yeah, many times. Meat. What is oh, it, spam? No, it's uh, kind of blended up spam that's <laughs> yeah, in a can. Yeah, kind of like a blended up spam. I've eaten it. But I'll tell you I a funny want. story about pot, potted meat. Miracle Whip and American cheese on fresh bread, it ain't that bad. I've yeah. had it all. Hell, I've had many a mustard sandwich in my lifetime. But, uh, but, you know, going back to that potted meat. Potted meat comes in a can. Mm-hmm. And well, we're roofing houses up there in Duncan, Oklahoma one time. And we're all a bunch of poor 19-year-old kids, you know, up there. And uh, we had like 5 or $6 something. To, and I got to feed five of us. So I go down there to the store and I wind up well a pot of meat was like two for a dollar or something like that. So I got like the pot of meat and I got a loaf of bread. So we could all eat sandwich. And then I'm going down that aisle and something caught my eye. I look over there and there's cat food. And I pulled up a, a can of that cat food and it is in the exact <laughs> can as this pot of meat. So, boy, the light bulb went off in old Johnny Clay here, so I had to have a can of this cat food. So I bought a can of that cat food, and when I got up there to the deal, I said, uh, Lady, do you, you got any uh, uh, tape? She goes, yeah, I got some right here. I said, can I borrow it? After I paid for my deal, and I took the label off of one of those cans of potted meat, and I put it on that. I taped it on that can of cat food. <laughs> and so, boy, this is going to get funny as shit. So I go, I go and get back to the motel room, and I go throwing out them cans of uh, potted meat over there, and I throw that one over to uh, my buddy Marvin. And, uh, and of course, he op- you know, potted meat, is kind of like flesh tone colored, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Marvin, he pops his can open and it's like black. <laughs> and he, he looks down at that can and he's a little, he's a, uh, I think my pot of meat's spoiled. And he goes, no, no, that, that's that beef flavor. <laughs> I said, you got the beef flavor, we got the chicken. I, and I, I'm doing everything I can to keep from rolling in tears, you know. And boy, he's, He's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, Kenny Jones, my other buddy, Kenny Jones, he goes, it's good. Just eat the son of a bitch, you know. He goes, I don't know if I'm eating this shit. And you know, Kenny had a bag of Doritos. He goes, look, dude, it's good. He gets over and he dips that son of a bitch in that deal. He goes, eat that cat food. See, I told you it's good. Well, then that's when I lost my shit. I started laughing. He said, what are you laughing at? I said, yeah, it's cat food. It's cat food. Well, it really ain't that bad. <laughs> so what would you do to the potted meat the Hutch? No, he, he grossed Hutch out that I could eat potted meat with my fingers out of a can. And he just didn't like potted meat, he, he never heard of it. Yeah, he, he said, thought it was the grossest that? thing. Well, he grew up, you know, his mom was a nurse and stuff. <laughs> had a little bit of money. And <laughs> it's this meat in a can. I mean, it's potted meat. You want some? Uh, no. <laughs> I can you, see him saying and that, then too. It, it, he asked him about it two or three more times that night. It intrigued him. Sort of like Lynn and the Polly Pipe. Yeah, he's like, what yeah. is it? I, no, it's ground up chicken lips and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> guts. And... and then when he ate the, the soup in a can, which was good soup, it was chunky. Yeah, Denny Moore. Yeah, and he those. just started eating it and talking. Hey, are you serious? You're, you're going to eat that like that. 
How are you supposed to? It's just. Oh, you do is warm it up. It's the same no, thing. No, he didn't warm it up. Well, I understand that, but yeah. still, I mean, it's the same concept. I know. Well, he it's didn't like, like that wax, you know, that grease. Uh, yeah. You know, it's all waxed up in there. and <laughs> You're seriously going to eat that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you sight in your gun before a tournament? You said you just Oh, it. yeah. Now, that, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I got to sight it in. Dust and all that other stuff, no big deal, but you, you'll sight it in before. Well, sometimes I sight sometimes. it in. Sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes we forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't be chunking no rocks. No, I, yeah. But, yeah, we usually try to sight it in. Damn sure, but. And, you know, hell, that old scope I used to have, what was that, Burris? Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch would never, mm-hmm. ever get thrown off. But now this one scope I got right now, I can't even remember what the hell it is. Vortex. Nikon. Nikon, yeah. Now, i got to check it. It'll it'll knock off. Now you just got a little more recoil, that creed more. You were uh, James Washington's high school football coach. Mm-hmm. When did you when when did you guys realize that, there, that he might have a future James beyond? Washington is full of shit. You know why? <laughs> well, about <laughs> what? Because he said that he, uh, Mitch McLemore could whoop my ass in a fight. I just want to go on the record. That's not going to happen, James. Did he, did he say James that? White, yeah, he said that on there. Well, you know you know why, though? I don't know that he said that, but Ty Mitch. told me that. I think Ty stirs up a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. well, he comes by naturally. Because Ty tells me all the time he's Goose or he's Maverick, and James is Goose, and James tells me he's Maverick and Ty's Goose. Yeah, so it's a never they're ending. making fun of us i understand well no i think it's really they yeah, want it yeah. wants to be maverick yeah, it's yeah. finally turned into a real life. i mean which one is, <laughs> which one of y'all's maverick i am I the maverick okay, that's I what i thought no he's wrong what was the name of the show top there you go that, no, there you yeah. go so, well so anyways when did you realize hey, that james who, other than whipping mitch uh, clay's ass <laughs> that we found out here we go when did, when, when did james now it all get started when did y'all know james was going to be had a chance i don't know we went there ty played fifth or sixth grade baseball mm-hmm. and james played on the same team uh bo's dad coached him and anyway he just sort of he developed he was really he didn't hit his stride he, he was, was kind of like a colt learning how to yeah. run for the first time yeah and he, he sort of grew into everything matured uh both physically and mentally and really his junior year he started really coming on strong and actually when they were Nobody was looking at him per se until Oklahoma coach Dunn was looking at another film about another kid and he noticed some things about James that he really liked. And of course, his senior year, he had a great junior year too, not knocking him, uh, sophomore year. He was a stud for me in track. You know, he anchored two gold medal winning four by twos, uh, won the 200. So he was really, it was about that time between his sophomore and his junior year, I think the maturity level. Uh, got great parents, great family, and that was a good group of kids all around, all the way down through. Great team concept, and they believed in that. And he just sort of blew up. I mean, got stronger. He was already fast. He got faster, and uh, he made tough catches in tough situations, especially at the end of his junior year and his senior year. If you threw it near him, he was going to get it and played defense for us his senior year a lot. Um, and I, I don't know there's a particular moment other than you knew he was special early on. He has he had a very special skill set. He looks like he's six foot four, you know. He's real long legged, mm-hmm. but he's only five eleven or six and foot. His right. arms are long too. Yes, very long. And he great body control. Unbelievable body control and balance and core strength. And um, he he's one of the most humble and I don't know if humble's not the word. He's 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 real soft spoken. Like when you're around him. 
you got to kind of prod him a little bit to get him to talk. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, your son and them fuck with him a lot. He don't. Oh yeah. yeah. You, if you were sitting, if you, if you took him out and you just well, heard him talking, you, when you put Gus and Ty mm. in there, James ain't got no room no, to talk. No, Her, Herbie <laughs> talks a lot, and, and but, even Hagen talks more than like around here he wouldn't. But when they're on those hunts and stuff, yeah, I, yeah there's some pretty good jawing going on. But but the thing about him is, if you put him in a room and you you didn't see him or knew those athletes and just listened to him talk, you would never think he's the pro football player no, in the group. No, he's oh. he's as humble a human being as I've ever met, and. Just an amazing young man. He's just old country boy. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he is. Yeah, when well, he was back here working on with his dad clearing cedars when all his buddies are at South Beach partying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. I mean, he walked in the door, and he was the richest guy in the room, and he was a kid still. You know, yep. I was like, but, <laughs> you know that's the same thing they said about OLJ. OLJ yep. Carter, that's a good kid. He's been good since he was a little bitty. You know, you either is or you ain't. You know, some kids are just turds and some ain't. And he's one of the wealthiest men in Knox <laughs> County right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah. But that, that would be just mind-boggling. I, I, I liked it fun when when we were playing uh, Lawrence and them. You know, him and old Sergio Nunez over at, at Monday. They they won the deal, so they got to coach the uh, All Star game. Well, then uh, they asked me. They like we all got along good. He said, "Hell." Why don't you come coach with us? You can do the defense. I said, hell yeah, that'll work. I appreciate the offer. So I did. Well, the kids get to pick where they can play defense or they play offense. Well, of course, Lawrence wanted his boy LJ to be running back for – LJ said, no, nah, I want to play defense where you can hit somebody. <laughs> and he did. What a, junior, what, a, what a elementary team. And they won state in football. And then you had the D. Paul kid, who's one of the fastest mm-hmm. kids. Oh yeah. And then you got James Washington, who was almost was D. Paul faster? Or was that pretty close race? Mm, D. Paul was probably faster in the quarter. I don't know about it's pretty close. But athletes, and I still back to to my days when Andy was in school. Quentin Spells was one of the best athletes I've ever oh, seen as a young oh, kid. Man. And every time I see James Washington on TV, I thought, you know, that could have been Quentin Spells easily, yeah. easily, athletically. Yes. That gifted. Yes, he was. You're absolutely. You got. Right. You have really been blessed, Mitch, with some great athletes. Oh, I have. I, I tell everybody when I Clay called one time. He said, "I know you're blessed. You're blessed." You know, which just a habit because I am. I mean, I got to do amazing things with kids here in Knox City and be a part of that and meet good people like you and hunt varm. I mean, what have I got to gripe about? I mean, it, it's nothing I did. It's just. Uh, I, yeah, I, I can't explain it. That's not true either because I've seen a lot of coaches come and go from here. And I've been good friends with a lot of the coaches here, really good friends, and still I am today. You put something in the community that a lot of towns don't have. The kids – Wayne, was the bad cop and you were the good cop. And and I and I think it's just that's the way he's the head coach when he was there and, and you mm-hmm. was the assistant They were coach. a perfect But everybody – the kids loved you and would give their heart and soul for you. Now, You know Wayne, why? Because kids can smell genuine mm-hmm. a mile away. Yeah. And, and he was always, you know, genuine. And, and like I say, uh, that is a gift that not a whole lot. There's great coaches out there, but still they like that genuine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you've done that. And, and it's funny, the boys would get mad at Wayne 
like what I coached seven on seven. So I would listen to him. But then when they got out of school, they realized how good a guy Wayne oh, was yeah. and how much he loved him and appreciated him. But it's a you know every staff's Different got the guy. Type that's of love. The, oh yeah, yes. yeah. Everybody's got yeah. that, and, and you gave that to the t- kids, and they yeah. needed that. So you've been you was a blessing for Knox City, well, and we went a long way when y'all were here. No, great staff, fun. and we had great. We haven't had athletes since y'all left, like y'all we did then. Well, it was amazing. I mean, we played the state champs. You know, we're head of the oh, only yeah, team all man. year other than their two losses, and uh, they had that Ross Harrison kid. They told him he couldn't play running back in college. And he, he played linebacker for two years. They finally had to put him in. He rushes for 18. I think he's still yeah. the Midwestern State yeah. lead, career-leading rusher. But he can't play. He couldn't play running. They told that's that's overcoaching to me. Yeah. You, yeah. you can overthink stuff and, like, just let well, him. it's like Ramos. When he, you yeah. know, nobody give him a shot. And he'll, he goes to, what, Harden-Simmons? Yeah. And he's their all-time, all-purpose yard, everything. Oh, I and, thought you were talking about it, the Mexican guy that won the heavyweight championship game, the, the fight the other night. No. Did you not see that guy, Clay? The fat boy? Yeah, did you see him? Yeah, that's the Mexican Clay. Yeah. <laughs> Mexican Clay. He knocked the piss out of that guy when yeah, he gave him inside the head. Yeah, damn right. But if you, if you went to a bar and you saw that guy and he was telling the girls, I'm the heavyweight champion of the world, I think that motherfucker's lying to get laid. That's what he's doing. <laughs> lying your ass off. Yeah, you know, that's right. But he, he's the man right now. That was the, uh, what they call him, the Latin Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, the Mexican Rocky. That but, was pretty cool. But when y'all went to Stanford, they were like 0 10. Oh, and they, ten and they one won and nine. Two games in three years. Yeah, they were. I mean, they two were in twenty-eight. And then, how many years until you're playing for the state championship? Well, nobody remembers the early. There were some challenges there, just like other places. And uh, it was about the third year we made the playoffs, and then in two thousand eleven we got third in district and ended up in the state title game. Of course, I told Hutch that's the best offensive line I've seen at any level, and they still are to this day. And I said, I don't have any answers. And Ty was playing outside linebacker, and they're just smashing us. And that running back's good, and they're big. And Is that Mason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I chew his butt out on the sideline. He said, well, if you got any damn answers, I'm ready to hear them because they're kicking my butt. I mean. <laughs> that's what Ty said. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was not that nicely put, but I mean. <laughs> but he was – you know, it's the warrior mentality. Yeah. I mean, everybody said you had that warrior mentality. Mm-hmm. It's not that you were the most talented quarterback to ever play, but like Wayne when he played here, you were going to find a way to win, yeah. whether it's offense or defense. And that's what you look for. In kids. That's what you try to instill or help them. They've got it. Mm-hmm. It's just, unfortunately, society has trended in a direction that worries the hell out of me, to be frank about it, because – there's there's everybody wants ownership with no responsibility or accountability right. you know what a great deal i want to be the owner and i want to be the boss but i don't want to be held accountable for yeah. anything i want the ball but if it it's a mess up it's not my fault whereas the great teams uh, people i've been around they own their mistakes just like they more so than they really own their successes mm-hmm. you know and that wayne's a great example he never pointed the finger if we had a loss he always questioned himself. Uh, if we lose a cow, we question ourselves. Mm-hmm. We may argue with each other, but at the same time, you have a bad goose hunt. Who's Me. the first? You, you question yeah. that. That's good stuff. We don't see it as often as we used to, but we see it now. You came out here to start a goose hunting company, basically. Uh, how many people told you that? That's a great decision, Jeff. <laughs> None. Exactly. But you, you knew. You knew it could be done. I mean, that that's the kind of mentality you want with your team and your friend and the people you surround yourself with. And I've just been exceptionally 
favored. Well, and you blessed, know, and, whatever and you want to call it. We get a lot of kids that come through these doors, a lot of big city kids, and I feel bad for them because sports, and it doesn't have to be football. It can be whatever. Pick pick your sport. It's going to teach you more about yourself mm-hmm. than anything. And these big ki- these kids from big big schools that don't do anything, they go home at 3.30, they'll never get that. They'll no. never challenge themselves. It, it is such a competition for the kids anymore, and there's several factors we could be here all night. And, and, but a lot of it's factual. They crave <clears throat> discipline even though they tell you yep. they don't. Yep. Uh, they want accountability even though they tell you they don't. They want some type of ownership, but you have to teach them because it's not that the parents, the kids haven't changed. The parental structure, the societal structure has changed. And you've got to teach them how to be accountable. And the first thing they have to do is, hey, I screwed up. That's mm-hmm. my fault. But you don't always blame yourself or, you know, be the martyr. It can't be like that either. There's a fine line there. And like with people like you, it was never an issue, never the coach's fault. Today we've got a lot of people, it's always the coach's fault. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, select ball is the worst model in sports because it's a select team. So, you know, they selected the best ones that they think to play tournaments or whatever. Then when they get to college – a lot of times there's a one or two year wait before they get an opportunity just work for that opportunity and uh i think that's something as a coach i quit worrying about wins and losses a long time ago i'm much more happy much happier to see kids feel good about what they did mm-hmm. to win lose or tie you can live with that cow one you you know win lose or tie and we're ultra competitive but I live with it. We've done everything we can do. Same thing in football. Same thing as a waterfowl guide or owner. Uh, as a cowman, you know, you all you always question yourself, at, but at the same time, you own your mistakes and you move forward from those and you keep on plugging. A lot of people, unfortunately, when it gets too hard, they just quit, and that's a shame. And that's when you came out and spoke to us my freshman year. You know, it was you could hear. You could hear a pin drop, mm-hmm. but you know, and and what I took away from that was, you know, it, number one, uh, you're in high school, enjoy it, so don't take this too seriously. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not a fart in the wind in ten years, but also like, you know, you're getting the opportunity of a lifetime here. Exactly, and you right. got to take advantage of it. And you know, this is an opportunity you weren't given as a kid. Exactly. Oh, I'd I'd give my left nut to note <laughs> how good a athlete i could have been in high school i yeah. never got that opportunity and well, that's what he told y'all mm-hmm. and, 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 yeah and he could have given up a long time ago it'd been oh, much yeah. easier to be there's a lot of bad choices out there and today we'll just live he's off a cattleman as well as a cattle or cowboy live off the government you know that would that would have been a oh, acceptable yeah. today yeah because yeah, well, i you know back in them days you know i thought i guess i was like i would have I wanted to go back to school and, you know, try to get back into school to go into school, and I wanted to play football. I wanted to play football bad. Football, I've been playing football my whole life. I wanted to play football. But my whole life when I was playing football, I was a skinny-ass little pinhead, <laughs> and it really wasn't no good, you know, growing up through there. You know, I was – I was everybody was bigger, stronger, faster. Even Mitch, you know, in third grade, we actually went to school up there. Of course, he was a year older than me, so he was the stud. My ass was sucked. <laughs> I, I, was a little, I, was, I was a kid that everybody picked on, you know, and all that. So 
by the time I got up into my high school ages, you know, I'm I'm developed. You know, I had muscles. I was, you know, I was fighting. I was, I knew I I finally got to that size. And I didn't get that opportunity. But I thought I was going to get back to school this one summer. I thought, well, I got this. I went in with a family, and you know, they were going to get me back in school. Da da da. And I took off running all summer long. You could see me in Iowa Park. I would run from one end of town to the other end of town all day long in the middle of the summer. All day long, I'd ride, run. Didn't have nothing else to do. You know, I'd run and run. I'm getting ready to go back to school. I'm going to be the best football player I can. I go up there to the. You ever been to the Iowa Park football stadium? Mm -hmm. You know, it's down in there. I'd run them bleachers. You know, we call them berms. You'd run all the way to the fence on one side, come back. And coaches are all out there watching old Big Daddy Reed get ready. <laughs> I thought, boy, they'll be ready to have me. And I was fit. I was trim. I was ready. And then they said, no, we can't take you. Can't take mm -hmm. you. You're not allowed in the school. Because, you know, they throw me in jail because uh, in my – Started my sophomore year. She went to Vernon then. They wouldn't have took me in in school. Well, hell, I was, I was, I was nowhere. You know, I'm basically living off of this deal, right? Over on this other deal, trying to, you know, wasn't like I could go anywhere. I didn't have no transportation. But man, that was the ball kicker, you know. And Instead of, you know, that's like that's what always pissed me off about uh, there ain't you know going back coaches deals is uh uh. You know, here I am. I, I, I sell a gun at school, and I get thrown in jail. Not one son of a bitch ever asked me, why did you take a gun to school? Why did you do what you did? You know, ain't just everybody take a goddamn gun to school. Well, they didn't know that I hadn't eaten in three days. Yeah. And, you know, we're fixing to go to Men and Wells play football. I'm hungry. I need some daggum nourishment. Not yeah, you think somebody would step up. No, yeah, you would think somebody yeah, would. Yeah, you know, hard the whole time I'm out there, you know, I'm walking the streets and homeless, living in a grand elevator, living over here in a, a cellar, all back and forth. Not one son of a bitch, you know. So you notice yeah, things like that in a That's small a town. Exactly. If you had somebody like that in Archer City, you would do your best to try to connect with that kid. Exactly. And people just overlooked it, and that's and ridiculous. And, and, and it goes yeah, on yeah. in Archer City, too. I'll see it, too. I mean, it's everywhere, but yeah. we, people overlook other people doing stuff mm -hmm. like that. Now, I had three kids play peewee football. I had this kid play peewee football for me one time. He was a stud little old kid. And a great kid, got good grades, Got there, had a little brother, had a little sister. And, I mean, was a stud ball player. He mannered out, good kid. And that son of a gun, well, they were they were being fostered out at a, at a home outside town. Well, they were gonna split them all up. The two brother, all the whole, the two brothers and the sister, they were gonna split them up to get them adopted. And I was like, man, that'd be horrible. I had to leave my brothers and sister as much as I hated my brother and sister. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I thought, man. So I I was gonna adopt these three kids. And I tried, and and, and I, I was going through the motions to get adopted, and, and I got denied because of my uh, crimes against person record, you know. So I couldn't adopt these three kids, and they wind up going three different directions. One girl, the girl, one girl's still in Arch City, but I hated to freaking see that. Why couldn't somebody? Step up. Why couldn't the government let you have them? That's what they see. They don't. They don't oh. know. They should. All someone's got to do is say, "Look what he does to the community now." You yeah. know, you shouldn't be judged for all the shit you do. That, when you're 16 to 21. That's years why old. That's I, right. I respect the shit out of Ronnie London. You know, Ronnie yes. London. Yes. Yes. Uh, when uh, I, uh, I runs going, the boys' club. In yeah, Ron, I was Wichita going, Falls They needed forever. some coaches over there, and I was going to go coach a boys' club team. Same deal. I got in the nine. 
couldn't back, background check, you know, too many crimes to get person. So they weren't going to let me. Thankfully, I had a bunch of parents go there, and then Ronnie London caught wind of it, and he went up there and he overwrote, you know, did override on it. Said, no, no, he's good. But yeah, it's, that doesn't make sense for you know. It's it's kind of like we're going. This going to be one quick politics deal. Is that they do everything in the world, everything in the world, to fund everything, abortions, all that shit. Why don't the government help fund adoptions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, help people adopt that's kids a, that's that want a families. No brainer. Now, I mean, I've raised my three kids. I don't. I don't want. I, I got asked again the, the other day. Hey, you got to think about getting a foreign exchange student. Bullshit. I don't need some little foreign kid tearing up shit. Me being responsible. <laughs> yeah, for it. I need that. But that I just I, we've got grandkids now, and I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to do that. We've done my time, but yeah. me and Michelle done a good, a decent job. I'm gonna say I'm not going. Yeah. We did it as a parents, and we we gave our kids everything. We supported them, and so. But if I wanted to go adopt someone, and they said, "Well, Jeff, it's gonna cost you ten or fifteen thousand dollars." Well, fuck that shit. I'll spend that money. We can go on some vacation. Makes no sense. But 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 we yeah. got all these foster kids. Let, let help the government fund some adoptions to get these kids to parents that will love them. Because every community has got ten people out there oh my that God. will take care of kids and it would do a good job. Yeah, but there's in every that's like churches. Churches got the the same problem right now. I mean, we we want to donate money and give all this thousands of dollars so we can go over to Uganda and help some guys over there that the moment you leave, they're back to killing each other over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell, when next door, you got guys starving to death right here. Hey, let's take care of our own right over here. Mm-hmm. Right for, for example, I had two other boys that played ball for me. They was tight. Had their mama. She's a single mother. She was an alcoholic. She needed kidneys. She's got on dialysis. Can't afford dialysis. You know, she can't. She don't have no insurance, no nothing. She's going to die unless she gets some money to help her. She doesn't get that money, and she does die. At the same time, across the street at a church, they spent $14,000 did the concrete park, uh, 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 parking lot. Oof. And right across the street, the woman's dying, and her two boys had to be put up for uh, foster, and they wind up being split up and got separated from their brother. When that $14,000 on that concrete, but they, and then they got mad because I got mad <laughs> at, at, at them getting the concrete uh, nagum deal. I said, why can't you? And then the, in the same next week, they're asking me to, hey, we need to get a car for old Joe Bobo or, or Susie Q or whatever, you know, over here. Because they're going to Africa, I said no, hell no. <laughs> I said it, uh, most of that money spent on a plane ticket, yeah. get to getting over there, and it'd be great if I. It, and now, now, don't get me wrong, I do know some people that are going over there, and they are doing some real good, like Clint Osterman. Who, I mean, he's been over. He has dedicated his life. He's over there working. He and his family, they live there. They teach them people. They educate them. They're they're giving God to them people. And those people are. But then there's them other ones over there that, you know, they're on social media. Hey, we're at the pool. Right. We're taking Snapchats. Oh, we're over here. Hey, what happened to all these schools you was going to be building? Hey, what happened to all that? You know, so there, there's problems in every realm of. I, I saw a deal yesterday. Did you see the guy in Plano that wrecked the Lamborghini and got killed? <clears throat> Yeah, I seen that. He post was speeding in, in Plano, dicking around. I don't know what that, he did. It was an accident. It's a horrible deal. I mean, the guy passed away, but he was driving the Lamborghini 150 miles an hour down Plano Parkway or something, skidded and wrecked, were killed. Okay, the guy owns Lamborghini. Now I do not know one poor guy that owns a Lamborghini. Exactly. 
They have a GoFundMe page for him. That's crazy. And they've raised $138,000 in one day. For, they need $200,000 for his family. Now, people are giving it their own free will. And if you, yeah. I hate GoFundMe because people use that shit all the time. I've seen everything from people wanting to buy a mountain. Me and my wife need a mountain bike. Y'all go to my GoFundMe. Get a fucking job, you know? But the people like that lady, if y'all had done a GoFundMe page for that lady, they wouldn't have raised $300. Exactly. But this guy can get killed in a Lamborghini speeding and racing. And yeah. I feel sorry for his family. The guy didn't mean to do it. I mean, we all do dumb shit, but they're going to raise, they've raised almost $200,000 for him in a day. Yeah, we had a kid there in Archer. He, he got married and uh, he had to go fund to pay for his uh, uh, honeymoon in Scotland. And they were, I mean, yeah, that <laughs> shit like that. It? Yeah, that just fucking blows my mind. Like, are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the easiest way, which I had you in history, right? Mm -hmm. For, well, one thing, there's evil in the world. People have not come to terms with that. I mean, and when you look at nine and you've seen it face to face and you've been around enough of it, you recognize it for what it is. But the worst thing you can do to a child or anybody else is to crush their hope. And it's like challenge my coaches all the time. you got to understand their why. So when a kid comes in and he's blowing up, you know, cussing, whatever, out of character – there's always a reason, and it doesn't mean you justify the behavior. You hold them accountable for the behavior, but just like Clay, why didn't anybody ask that question? Mm -hmm. Hey, why did you do this? Okay, that makes sense. Now, here's what we can do to help you and lay out a game plan, because life is hard enough as it is. And when you're a young man or woman with, I mean, we've got, I'll just say, it, one of our biggest problems out there is porn. Uh, the Internet has got stuff that kids nobody really should see but they definitely don't need to because they believe this crap and and a lot of them are so busy we can do this we can go you know you got all these things you can do as a kid whereas we could throw a ball off the roof of a house was about it or ride our bicycles <laughs> well they've got all this other stuff available so when it gets hard and we don't hear the right answer we're just going to quit or, or and for parents that's one thing my kid you didn't quit you you started it you finished it y'all have heard that too yeah. and i still believe that because all of us have had moments in time where we could quit and and that's why and you would have been justified to quit too yes everybody would have been like oh you yeah. know it, just like clay circumstances well fuck i understand yeah. why he did i understand why he quit yeah, everything are, was stacked against him and they'll I'm, talk about i'm the a throwaway odds. kid that's right. what I call them, throwaway kids. You got your kid, and then you got your throwaway kids. They could give a shit about guys, kids like me. And, you know, and there's too many. You know, you there's there's a bunch, a bunch of damn good educators in the world, whether it's teachers, coaches, whatever. But, man, there's too many throwaway kids. They don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there's so many double standards, too. That's what really aggravates my ass. You know, oh, I remember one time, and, and my boy, was, which my my oldest boy Jake, you know, he he fell right out of my ass. I ain't gonna lie. He, well, he was gonna whip your ass. Yeah, remember at thirteen? Yeah. Oh yeah, he tried to whip my ass <laughs> at fifteen and twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> twenty eight, he damn near got that something done. But, but, uh, but anyway, but Jake, he was he was a little hoodlum, and uh, he lived with his mama, so I I didn't get to hardly regulate on him very good. He was my guinea pig child, and uh, so but anyway, he he goes over there and he gets in a. Uh, they're drinking whiskey one night, him and his friend, at his mom's house, and they get drunk. Nobody nobody else there. They never leave the house. And he gets drunk, messed up at his house, right? That was it. Well, the next day, somebody tells Coach, 
coach, hey, uh, oh, uh, Jake, drinking whiskey at his house last night. Okay, well, we're expelling him three weeks. He's out of athletics. He's done on hearsay. And I said, hey, that's rules, rule. I stood by. That's that's hey, that's what it ought to be. Okay, mm-hmm. coach makes rules. That's the way it ought to be. And all right. Well, then a month later, we're in basketball. We had a kid starting point guard up there. After a Friday night game, he gets drunk at the city park up there, beats up a little old Winthorpe boy, beats him pretty good, and get, gets in trouble and all this. And, I mean, it was a bad deal. Three weeks, you're out. Oh, that's what I was waiting <laughs> on. So I go up there on Tuesday at the next game. And uh, so I get up there, and I'm sitting there, and, and of course I look out there, and this boy's shooting three-pointers. And I said, uh, here come the old coach. I said, hey, coach. What the hell's old so-and-so doing out there? Oh, he's playing basketball. I said, now, wait a minute. I said, he got drunk and he beat up that boy over at the park Friday night. Why ain't he uh, suspended three weeks? Oh, I I didn't know nothing about it. I said, come on, coach. Don't bullshit me. This is a small town. Every son of a bitch in this town knows about it. You walk up in there and them daggum uh, stands and ask anybody, hey, have you heard about so-and-so beating up so-and-so? And every one of them will say, oh, yeah, 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 because it's, it might as well be on the front page. And he goes, well, it's just hearsay. I said, you're exactly yeah. right, yep. Coach. But now you've created a double standard here. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, a month ago, you remember old Jake? He's, he's at his own house. Now, he ain't hurting nobody but himself drinking beer, and you suspended him three weeks. But he's a throwaway kid, so he, he's not your starter, is he? I said, so now you've lost all credibility with your rules. You understand, mm-hmm. and 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 that's what I was point. I mean, I had no point, but when you set a rule, you got to live by it. You know, you got to live by that son of a gun, and you got or you lose credibility. Is he still in Archer City? No, no, he's been <laughs> gone for a long time. You, you know, you talk about throwaway kids. You remember Little League Bear, the Little League uh, Bad News Bears? Yeah, the first one. Yeah. Kelly was a throwaway kid. Yeah, had the, oh, yeah. They had the motorcycle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. smoked cigarettes uh-huh. and shit. And he was a throwaway kid. Yep. That's exactly that was he was the Clay Reed of the <laughs> Yeah, they are right. But that but it's it's horrible that we let kids slip through the cracks. I know it and that's and, and politics has played in the past uh, a huge part in the way all that transpired. Exactly. That's the truth. Small small towns, there's less of a chance of your kid falling through the crack. It can happen. That's true. Yeah. But you got a less of a chance because somewhat hopefully somebody will notice and stand up and try to help you. We're in a big city. There's so many cracks to fall oh, through. Oh, my God. And so yeah. many bad things to get a hold of. It's easy to not notice. Yes. So, as a coach in this new age, because you're, ba- you're basically paving the way for future generations, I mean, they're going to – the policies that you guys adopt today, I think, are really going to – for the next 50 years, we're going to feel it. Just mm-hmm. because technology has advanced so much since the time I got out of high school, which was yes. – 12 years ago to no longer than that 2006 i mean we didn't have facebook back then no. so in the time that i got out to now you know it's just been such a, a technological just a minefield for you guys so how do you as a head coach how what do you do because you've got so many different distractions well, well we we do what we talked about during this podcast you you have some fun you have serious conversations, but how are they expected to know the difference between what is right and what is wrong if nobody's ever told them? Mm-hmm. 
if they give them a computer and expect them to learn the right behaviors and the way to work you know to save yourself from trouble to avoid trouble to what you do when you go through it because you're you're you know you're going to have that in your life at some point but it's not talked about right we talk about a lot of things uh as a society but do we ever really talk to the kids and that you know and they get tired of hearing you and all that and that's fine they can just be tired because they're going to hear every day from me that you're amazing you're worthy you're created in his image and that alone makes you worthy and you're a part of something bigger than yourself Mm -hmm. when you're a part of a team or representing especially a small community or any high school or school you get a six-year window and you've got to make them realize how how precious that is because we're you're old now we're definitely old (laughs) i mean what would we not do people a lot of people say i wouldn't change anything oh there's so much i'd go back and change (laughs) Uh, so many decisions yeah. I wish, but it wasn't, here's the deal with me. It was never anybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any, ex- the poor decisions I've made in my life were my decisions and I made them. And it wasn't peer pressure or anything else. It's like I tell young men that want to be rebels. I said, you can be that rebel. I said, but you understand it comes with a cost. Well, what do you mean? Well, I don't like the seatbelt law. I don't think it's any of their damn business whether I wear I don't. <laughs> I pay for the pickup. Right. I pay the insurance, all that stuff. But when the DPS officer stops me, he doesn't care. No. that That's already been decided. So when a young man makes a decision at a young age or a young lady, there's still a chance f- to overcome that Versus when you get older, you can put yourself in some really bad situations, and life's just got a lot shorter anyway versus when I was 18 years old. But you've got to talk to them about those decisions, and, hey, that's fine, but here's here's the consequences. Are you willing to pay that price? And I don't think... Uh, I don't think we do enough of that. I think we need more people like you three sitting at this table interacting with, being a part of, talking to, encouraging holding them accountable the children in our community that we can associate with and then we have that opportunity to me that's that's the biggest deal as you go back to fundamentals 101 that's wrong because mm-hmm. you don't hit somebody just to hit them you don't put up with bullies at the same time etc but you know and there's big push on the bullying deal anything can be called bullying no it's just life a lot of times i'm not defending that because uh, I was one. I mean, I got accused <laughs> of being that in kindergarten. And probably I rightfully so. So I got my butt busted. All right. How much of that goes on now? And I'm not saying uh, you have to whip a kid that much. I haven't given a lick, God, I guess, since I was at Knox City is the last time. Because I think there's another way to reach them because they learn differently now. You're talking about technology than we did, which mm-hmm. was pretty much trial and error. I mean, how to be a great work <laughs> ethic. How often do you see that now? Not very often. Exactly. Because who's teaching them that? We took away their jobs. Yeah. I mean, we let the government do it. That's, that's our generation's fault. That's not their fault. That's our fault. No, they should be able to work at 14 and 15 and 13 and 12 and learn how to be accountable and responsible. That's, I mean, I just think it goes back to the very basic things of being a human being. We talked about when Jeff first started, bird boys were high school kids. They were 15, 14, 15, 16-year-old 15, kids. There were some seniors. You can't get a kid to work enough now. 
Well, they might I ain't get had, hurt. We're I, ain't had, I ain't had a kid in four or five years ask me for a job, high school kid. And I used to continually, I always had Knox City athletic kids work for me. So always. We're, we're a fear-based world now. Yep. They, the, the people with power and political influence sell fear. Mm-hmm. That's their biggest commodity. Because if they can make you fearful enough, then they can implement the laws and the things that help them the most. Not what's in the best interest of the whole, but what's in the, their best interest. And, and it's like I had a reporter in Big Spring said, what do you see? I said, it's a fear-based community. What do you mean? I said, they, they live in fear of failure, fear of success, fear of this, fear of that. You might get hurt. You might fall on the street. I said. I don't want to get sued. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to get sued. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Sue me. That's, I ain't no, got nothing. Nobody in our country hire, you know, uh, kids out there to cowboy, you know, come help them because, oh, no, they get, get they fall off a horse. We don't want to get sued. sued. We can't have them over the house. We get sued if they fall off the trampoline. We don't want to get sued. I said, man, you guys are full of shit. I said, you're a cop. One of my first brandings at, at the ranch that I'm running up there, my oldest kid was 15 years old. That was Will Clarkson. I had Jay, uh, Joey, uh, Jake and Quentin Howe. They were 12. Dawson and Jody Bullard, they were seven. They were my shot guys seven in years my old. brand. Yeah, seven years old. But they old. learned. Yeah, and we worked 93 cows and 93 calves through the deal. And, uh, yeah, they got kicked. They got run over. And, I mean, it's tough. But you can't live in fear of freaking, I'm going to get sued. What are they going to get out of my dumb ass? Because I ain't <laughs> got nothing in Farm kids, farm, farm not, kids are raised the way everybody used to be raised. Yeah. And, and, and you still see some farm kids. I get that in court, though. I get a kid, a kid gets a speeding ticket and they come see me and a kid and I won't let a kid pay a ticket because it's not fair to the, the rich kid. It's not kid, fair to the poor kid right. because the rich kid gets a ticket. Mom and dad just do it. Yeah. Well, so that's bullshit. So it's all the same for all of them. So they got to work it off. Community I don't care who service. they fucking are. They're going to get community service. Damn right. And yeah. I've had moms and dads get mad and you know, you know, mm-hmm. every one of them that would do it. Mitch, they come in and they're like, well, that's bullshit. That's not fair. It's just kangaroo court. No, that's the rules. If my kid gets a ticket, he's gonna fucking he has, he's did. gonna have to go to somebody else. He can't come to me, but he's gonna work his off. Same as your kid, and one of my kids has. He did have to come. He got in trouble. He had to go somewhere else, but he had to work yep. his shit off. And he spent some time at Knox City, the fire department, washing fire trucks or whatever they do. But I made him do it because it's not fair for the poor kid. Because the rich kid, it don't matter. His mom and dad, that well, poor, him poor, out. Mm-hmm. poor junior, he don't want to get up and go to you know in the city in the morning. He don't want to do this. Or he's got busy. We're going to Hawaii or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Well, junior fucked up, and he's going to have to work his ticket off. And and it's funny. I'll tell some parents that well, we're not because they have to come with their parents if they're underage. I was like, well, here's the deal. He's going to have to work it off. He's you know blah blah. And I'll have some parents that say, thank you, Jeff. We appreciate that. It's good for you know. Mm-hmm. And then I've got these parents that well, that's kind of bullshit. We got you know. I don't have to bring him up here. Oh way. yeah. Well, I'm sorry. That's fucking rules. You know. But that that's there you go. That's, that's exactly right. And I, and that's coaching profession too. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. I mean, it, it's it's character. Everybody can have great character. And we talk about the, this is one of those basic things. When, when do you know that – how do you judge character? Well, you don't judge it when you just won the lotto or <laughs> yeah. you won the state championship. You, you see it in those moments when life is being really hard for whatever reason, however it happens. or It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a divorce. It could be this. It could be that. It, it could be getting your butt kicked in a ball game. How are you going to respond then? Because everybody can go hallelujah sure. and all that when it's good, mm-hmm. but who are you going to be when it's not? Or, uh, or, and it's not. 
right. in everybody's life. It's not going to be exactly those good moments. That's when you develop character, and that's more important to me is in those moments. That's a teachable moment. No, that's that's not who you are. You're better than that. You, and it's like I told one of our young men, or a couple of them went to a ball game somewhere, and they were mouthing nothing bad. But I said, if you're good enough, you don't have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I sure. said, when you're talking about it, you're you're telling people character-wise that you don't really believe you can be that good anyway. Right. I said, yeah. don't get me wrong. I said, when you're competing, I, I'm talking their ear and everything <laughs> else. I said, but at the same time. Books on it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think uh, we got a lot of work to do. I know that. Don't it feel good when you see parents that, that don't have anything, but they, 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 they adhere to their mm-hmm. children going by the rules? And it, here's a, a man that works 40 to 60 hours a week. They have nothing. I mean, they're, right. they're poor people. Paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Never have nothing. They don't ever get to go on a vacation. I mean, they're lucky to have Christmas for their kids. And, and I mean, just a really a not, not nothing great in their life. But all they are is positive about their kids. You're going to follow the rules. It's yes, sir, no, sir. And you see that. I have so much respect Amen. when I see someone that struggles, that, that has a good family unit, and they do everything they can to make Amen. their kids – and most of those kids are very successful when they get older. Yes. But they've got these rules that they go by, even though they don't have a lot. And then you see the parents that have everything, and everything's a muck. But they were blessed with some money. But they're their kids' friends. You can't they're be friends. your kids' exactly. friends. That's, you can't be your it. kids' friends. If you're going to be a good uh, parent, you got to be kind of an asshole. Yes, you do. Yeah, you and, and I took that model from our old buddy Marvin Henry. I always thought, you know, when I was raising my kids young, I said, who would I look after to raise the good kids, and how would I want to model myself after? Well, Marvin mm. was that guy. He raised three boys, and them some bitches, every one of them was good. Now, they didn't get to go out on them parties. They didn't get to stay out till midnight during the week. They didn't get to do a lot of damn things. But every one of them some bitches made a damn good kid, raising damn good family. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, so, amen. That that that. But he wasn't their best bud. Nowadays, everybody wants to be old Johnny's buddy. <laughs> hey, we're going to go drink beer with Big Johnny. Yeah. I know we got a lot of beer. But, you know, hey, we're going to go out and drink beer and everybody sit around us. Well, I've never understood anybody my daughter, that drinks my daughter beer with their kids. was a senior. My oldest daughter was a senior one night. My kids never saw me drink. And I'm not a big drinker anyway, but the, Clay will tear her <laughs> off. Okay. But I never, my kids never said she was 18 years old at the end of her senior year. And I had slipped up to the Legion Hall and I got drunk. And I got drunk good. And I come to the house. Of course, I waited until everybody went to bed because I didn't want anybody to know that old dad had slipped off and got drunk. Well, I'll be goddamn. I stepped, pulled up to the house and I got out and my goddamn wife cut my throat. Her and Haley are sitting out on the front porch bullshitting in the dark. And I come walking up and say, hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> and I'm sitting there and, oh, we're just talking. I said, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'm trying to be straight. I'm just trying to, I'm gonna, I want to go to I want to go to bed. And then Haley, she, can, she notices the slur. Dad, have you been drinking? Oh, uh, no. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I got to go to bed. <laughs> no, you've been drinking. Hey, and boy, she starts giving me the third degree like I'm the goddamn high school kid trying to sneak in over there. I uh, no, I was just, she was, 
No, you can't. You can't even stand up. I can do a, I can do a fucking cartwheel right now. <laughs> and I was doing cartwheels, <laughs> drunk cartwheels in the middle of my deal to prove I wasn't drunk. But I did fail, and I was drunk, and she caught me. But she was 18 years old before she saw that happen. Well, it, even if you could see you drink, it's not the end of the world. No, the problem no, no. is, but that, but is for, the parents that are buying beer for their kids. seeing it every day. Right. Yeah. Alcohol, yeah. Now, was that a decision that you made a long time ago that your kids weren't going to see you yeah. drink? Because yeah, that of, was just me, uh, you know. That was just my deal because I, I saw right. my family, you know, that's all it was, you know, and and uh, so I just, I said, hell, because I, you know, I'm a reader. I read all the time. I, I had seen where 83% of kids of alcoholics or, or kids that uh, uh, are raised in that life usually become drinkers or smokers, the same kind of deal, so... God, I'm all about the percentages, you know. And I was like, so that's like one time I, I read where average uh, married sex lasted seven minutes. So I make goddamn sure I go seven and a half because I always want to be above average. But that means I licked on it for five minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, so I... So it's all about the percentages out there. When, when, she, when she was knocked out, did you do your percentages? Just worry about you then? No, no, it was all about me. <laughs> there wasn't nobody to t- tell whether I went one minute or seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was I'm all about them percentages. What was that other? I got another percentage, boy. It's big time. And, well, that's like here, here a while back, that was in January. I had seen where the average. Oh, God, don't, aver- don't. <laughs> well, this is a good one here. Don't, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> the, the average married couple has sex 89 <laughs> times a year. And I was like, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's five times a week. <laughs> so I was like, uh, well, I'm way fucking behind. <laughs> I got to. I'm going to have to start working my ass off. And so I called Mitch. I said, God damn, Mitch, are you fully aware of this? And uh, he goes, yeah, oh, yeah, we do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we're, we're, we're at least 120 or something. Uh, so, I, I can't so, go 71. Yeah, he, I, boy, I'm in there. I'm raping the old lady five times a day. Wore out like an old dog. I said, God damn, Mitch is at 69. We got to go again. Kelly's walking bow-legged around the house. I want to see this paper that says this shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, they probably count in the, the young people that are married that it's every day. They yeah. probably kept them, them, them increased the odds. Yeah, a lot. they're not fifty year olds. I guess fifty two year olds. I like because I was going to. I was easily, I was really going to try for eighty nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> We're halfway through June. I was like, shit, man, I got a long way to go. The young guys that list to us are like twenty one and first married. They thought, well, fuck, we're at three sixty five for the year. Yeah, seven thirty morning and night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a yeah. Well. It's kind of like old uh, Lawrence Barron said that time up there at the cafe. Shit, boys. Or, or, or actually, it was another guy who said, shit, at my age, I'd rather have a good shit than a good piece of ass. And, and you know, Lawrence Barron, who was 95 at the time, he goes, well, either I don't know how to shit or you don't know how to fuck. You ever drive a truck, Clay? Me? Yeah. Like like a truck driver, you ever do that? No, one? no, no. I mean rigs, you know. Tr- you know, that was it, and uh, but that was an adventure. But no. I well, tell us some adventure there. This must be a good story then, if you got an adventure. Ah, uh, 
I'm trying to think. You know, well, anytime you're in a a, a Dean drilling truck, <laughs> it's an adventure. <laughs> it's a and that's like Jeff Marty. One time, me and Jeff and Steve were were you know where Antelope Hill is? Yes. Antelope, Texas. You uh-huh. go that big hill. We we go down that son of a bitch and uh fucking we get about halfway up there and the truck dies and we ain't got no brakes we ain't got nothing Jeff's driving some bitch and me and old Steve jump out of that son of a bitch yum yum <laughs> <laughs> and I and I will say this that son of a bitch was a driving master he rode that son of a bitch all the way back down and up at uh, and got it jump started up it was a miracle <laughs> it was a damn miracle oh, yeah. Lord. yeah that that damn we were well. Every oil field job I ever had in the oil field was, it was kind of a adventure, you know. Hell, I worked Sproul drilling, and uh, Rusty Sproul was my driller, and that some bitch, you know. Of course, I'm 16 years old. I'm dumbass. I ain't got a clue. And and there, there we was over there drilling at uh, Wagner Pasture. Well, we've been 12 hour tires tripping pipe all goddamn day. I am ready to go home. So we get done. We go to Iowa Park. And, where I live, we go past Iowa Park. I say, hey, where are we going? Uh, we're going to Walters. Walters? Oklahoma? Why? He goes, they got half price on uh, Crown Royal up there. I said, are you shitting me? I'm going to go to bed. I've been up all day <laughs> tripping fucking pipe. So Ed drive all the way to freaking Walters, Oklahoma to get a half price special on Crown Royal whiskey. <laughs> and then we get up there and they're already sold out. So, hell, they they come back, and I said, well, good. Finally, I'm going to get to go home. Nope. They bust out a joint, and we go to Eastside. And, uh, of course, <laughs> East, and Flood Street was not the place to be. If you That's was, the black side of Wichita Falls back the in there. The very black side of Wichita Falls. And when them black boys seen us coming in there, they was like, look at these three suits about stupid sons of bitches. And I, and I was with them. I knew we was stupid. I'm sitting out there on the curve by myself, and they go in there, and next thing you know, I ain't going in. They go in there. I can't remember that little bar. They go in there, and they come back out, and then they they pull down their britches, and they're pissing on each other, having a piss fight in the middle of <laughs> damn flood street, and all these black guys looking at us. What in the hell are these boys? I said, I ain't with them. I'm just here trying to get home. <laughs> I'm just trying to get home. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. It was, but old Rusty, he was, he was a trip. He had his, I think it was his cousin. Uh, who was another driller, and they they hated each other. And, uh, well, look, the other guy, I won't mention his name. Oh, hell, I don't give a shit. Doug. Uh, Doug. Would, Doug. Hey, Doug would come in. He was the he worked morning tire. Well, he was a reader. He'd read, read all the whole time he was working. He'd be reading. Boy, and he'd drive Rusty f- fucking batshit crazy. So Rusty would get down there. Every day he'd come in there when – uh, we'd get on on tire. He uh, Doug would leave his books in there, and old Rusty would go through there and tear a page out every 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 now and then out of his books. And then we got to the end, he tear the whole end of the book out. So every time goddamn Doug got to the end of the book, he never knew. knew the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he and he knew and he knew, yeah, he, he knew uh, he knew that uh, Doug would lay on the uh, on the bench in the doghouse. And, well, he would lay on that one end because he had him a little old pillow. And so <laughs> underneath the Jeep box, there's a box that you kept kind of a desk up above it. Uh, old Rusty got on there and put, get your fat ass off this fucking bench underneath it. So when he laid down, that's what, he looked up. That's what he was looking at, <laughs> that message from him. But, yeah, that was, that was an adventure. We got up there one time. We was in Big Springs, and uh, and uh, we, got, we had a guy named Ernest Fowler. 
Ernest's big old 12 sandwich eating some bitch, you know, overall wear. Don't say enough. I mean, he was the epitome of big old giant redneck killer. And he had to, he'd just stand there and watch. You know, we'd make connection. He'd watch that daggum, uh, you know, drill. And uh, he'd sit there and watch it round and round and round and round. Well, one day we had this guy named Jerry Armstrong, a uh, little bitty guy, you know, he, he starts telling me, he goes, did you know I, uh, I was a kung fu tai chi expert. I went all over to this, and he goes, "There's not a hold a lie, a man alive that can get me in a bear hug that I can't get out of in 36 <laughs> seconds." And I said, "Shit! I'll bet you, Ernest get you in a goddamn." Uh, and he goes, "Oh no, no, no!" I said, "I got ten dollars. Says you can't get out of his bear hug." And he goes, "Okay, hey, Ernest, Jerry said." He can, you can get him in a bear hug. He can get out of it in 30 seconds. Bullshit. <laughs> so old Jerry, Jerry gets out there, and we get on the end of this doghouse, and old, old, old Tai Chi, old Jerry, he's like, oh. <laughs> he's doing all these, you know, stretching moves all back down. He said, okay, I'm ready. And old, old Ernest grabbed hold. Ernest grabbed hold of that big son of a bitch. And when he picked him up, got that bear hug, he picked him up off the ground about a foot. And you could see all air come out of Jerry Armstrong. <laughs> and you could hear his ribs crack. Pop, 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 pop. And it, he didn't last five seconds before he started going, Okay, 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 let me let me let me let me I said, give me my $10. Yeah. yeah. And it, while we was out there at Big Springs, we was drilling in a way out in the middle of this plow field. And, uh, and you know, of course, we had a water tank out there because we didn't have no water out there. So we had a water tank right beside the doghouse. Boy, that made the perfect swimming hole. You know, so we, it was hotter and shit, middle of summer. So we all got butt ass naked and we crawl up on top of that uh, doghouse. We dive off in it. We swimming in the deal. Well, then finally we got up there and old, uh, uh, Ernest and them got dressed, and I'm sitting up there. I'm sunbathing. I'm butt-ass naked, drying off up on top of the doghouse. I ain't got stitched clothes, and all of a sudden, I, I hear this. And I look up there. What the hell's that plane doing? And he, the plane circles the rig. What the hell's that son of a bitch doing? And he gets a little bit lower. Well, I jump up, and I start shaking my dick at him. And I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm giving them the sign. The plane gets lower. plane gets lower. And then all of a sudden, I see up there, it's Big Dan Spruill, the owner of the drilling company, <laughs> and about three investors in there, soon investors with. And I'm up there shaking my dick at this son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, with time to die back in the pool. <laughs> about an hour later, they come out there. Who is that stupid motherfucker on top of the goddamn <laughs> Get rid of his fucking ass. Yeah, that was, that was funny. Yeah, but that's when that was the only thing I got good out of uh, uh, Big Springs. My time in Big Springs, we got out there and we uh, we sit there and uh, we were going to work one day. Ernest is driving, and this motorcycle guy pulls up there. He's wearing a Harley Davidson shirt, got him a uh, red, white, and blue uh, scarf on, got him old black bubble helmet on, got his mirror shades on. He is cool. Got his old cigarettes rolled up in his deal, and he's riding this Yamaha. He pulls up the red light, and he's riding in front of us. And right next to him is a good-looking little old blonde, and she's in her car, and old Oh Yamaha, he's trying to get her attention. He's up there and he's like, he's running into his old deal. And uh 
And the artist goes, I bet he thinks he's cool. I said, yeah, he looks cool, don't he? He got his old mirror shades on, his Harley-Davidson shirt, and his Yamaha. And he's in there, whoom, whoom. <laughs> and finally, that red light turned green. And when that red light turned green, he was going to show his shit. <laughs> he hit that fucking third gear, and a tan Camaro pulled out in front of him. <laughs> oh, shit. Boom! That son of a bitch hit that goddamn Camaro. The hood of that Camaro went over. He looked like fucking Superman going over that summit. <laughs> I mean, it was the coolest thing I ever seen in my life. And then when he hit that pavement, I mean, it rolled him up like a rag doll. Boom, boom, boom. And he rolled like for fucking miles, it seemed like. And then people in Big Springs, Texas, thought we were the biggest, stupidest, cr- sadistic bitches in the world. Because we was dragging his ass out in the middle of the road laughing till we couldn't see straight. <laughs> and this guy's got bones sticking out of his leg. Oh, Half of his face shit. is ripped off. And we're and, and, and all, and we're dragging him out there. And old Ernest goes, I wonder if he thought he was cool when he went over the hood. <laughs> 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 yeah, no rest for the weary. Goddamn, that was funny. So, Mitch, you got a new coaching job. Yep. Head coach of Petrolia. Yes, sir. New challenge for you. You've mm-hmm. won two state championships and played in another state championship. Yes, sir. You come to Knox City, and we were not a good program, mediocre program. Y'all got here, y'all staff, and we were playing in quarterfinals. Got beat by a state champion. Uh, I guess last two years you hear Andy's years, y'all were a top ten team every year. Yeah, and a top district. In playing okay, schools yeah, twice re- as big as districting screwed mm-hmm. us. We were the we were the best school best team in the state of Texas under hundred. Yeah. Under hundred kids. And good. Throckmorton would have never won a six man state championship if we had played and went to six man then. Uh, we we had we were talented. We were out athleted them to yeah. death. But then, anyway, that's here there. So now, then you went to Stanford, y'all to build win a team that won two games. You won a couple state championships, played another one. Mm-hmm. You went to Junction, made the playoffs. Uh, three years in a row. Yep. And then you went to Big Spring, made the playoffs this year. And now you're going back this to yeah. And then yeah. you're going back to Patrol. You start first playoff game in five years. Yeah. And then you're going to Patrol. You building a team up, starting from scratch. Yes, and sir. I'm predicting here that Patrol will be in the playoffs within four years. Well, um. One day at a time. Well, uh, that's what I preach to the kids. One one rep at a time. I think he'll be there in two. In two years, yeah, I can they, tell got, you, they got a really good young class. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this much: they, they got some freaking monster freaking linemen, dude. If they they get them boys believing, yeah, because I watched this one kid. They played us this year, right before they canceled their season, and uh, and they had a they had a little quarterback over there. Tougher and shit. I mean, we had them out athleted. You know, they were young, and that and and uh, this kid who they said was a pussy. I watched this son of a bitch grab his leg, get up off the ground time after time after time. There ain't no pussy in this son of a bitch. He was begging that coach, coach, I'm ready to go back in. He was getting hammered and hammered, and you can do a lot with guys like that. Yeah, yeah. And he was a sophomore, little old sophomore. You know, there's a lot of difference between a sophomore and a senior yes. or a sophomore and a junior. Even. But then they, but they had these these linemen. He had this one lineman. I think he's still there this year. This kid is freaking huge. I mean, big. And uh, he gets up there, of course. They didn't have a whole lot. And he didn't have a lot of lateral movement. But you gonna, wasn't going to run over this somebody. And we had this kid, Marcher, who I, he's a little freshman. We are killing him. 
we brought him in. He thought he was going to jump through the uh, sea gap. <laughs> and, and when he jumped through there, this big old giant son of a gun catches him midair and does the flying suplex on Ooh, him. Oh, shit. And yeah. I mean, when this 400-pound man hit lands on top of this boy, it looked like a cartoon, you know, where you see the feet and the hands sticking <laughs> out of the boulder. And he laid on there. He, he laid on him, you know. He, my guy ain't hurting nobody. <laughs> and it, I mean, so they they got some stuff to work with. I got faith in him. Well, Mitch, you'll turn it around. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> we we got an amazing staff. I mean, God is really, and I have not advertised one thing. We got people wanting to come, be a part of the community of the school system. I I love it there. I mean, I love this area in general, from here all the way up, you know, through Petrolia, Arch City, when just good people. It, it's different. You're going back home. Yeah, it's home. Yeah, that makes it different. Clay, what do you got? You coaching Little League football where, again? Where, well, hold on. Where are you at with your uh, history history channel? Any, have you heard anything about that oh, yet? Yeah. Your oh, yeah, your big role, yeah, your Hollywood yeah. role? I finally I finally called her the other day, which I called her, and she was no news was good news. Well, I finally called her the other day. She was, well, we got to know from the uh, – history channel or one other they were going to go still going with the discovery we ain't give up on it yet but we did get a no from the one channel so what were uh, they trying to was it a new show or were they trying to bring you into a show yeah they were going to uh, what they were going to do is somebody referred me to it you know as a coyote they were going to go like several different genres of hunting like they would have a, a deer hunter a coyote hunter a bear hunter a lion hunter you know different genres of hunting through the deal and then it was kind of built, which, you know, I t I've done some hunting shows. I'm not into the old recreate bullshit right. and act and all that. So I told her right away that, you know, I'm out on that. She goes, no, the way this would work, it would be like the deadliest catch. This is the same company that come up with the, uh, uh, the deadliest catch where they just film you being you. You know, so there ain't That guy's got a lot of shows. And I can't think of his name. I think he also has Alaskan Bush people, too. Yeah, I can't think of his name. We went through the same thing about 10 years ago on a ride, and, you know, they talk to you, and you think, boy, yeah. this is it. This is Texas else, Crew Production. They got 22 oh, It's the cattle. same people. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. also do uh, Friday Night Tykes. Really? Yeah. Oh, the, they you, got a whole list. Have you guys. seen that? Friday Night Tykes? Yes. Oh, about yeah. the midget football deal? I watched one episode, and I was, I was about ready little to league football. Well, I don't mean midgets like little people. I meant that's what we called it, yeah, which yeah, I was yeah, midget league. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to tell yeah. you what, there's some fucking athletes on that little show. Oh, my God, God almighty. Yeah. But there's some dumbass coaches. Odd, oh, almighty. Which I see, you know, through the top of Texas. That's one of the reasons I coached Pee Wee football all my life is because I was blessed to have some good coaches when we were growing up. He had them, too, over there. Royce Reynolds mm -hmm. and all them. And uh, they were good. And then uh, Bobby Wisnan. I mean, yep. some great guys that made it fun. Even when they were all kicking my ass back in them days. <laughs> and I still got a list of people who kill and, uh, <laughs> while I'm wearing the lipstick. But, uh, uh, but no, it's, it was because there's so many of them god dang guys mm. that they're not in it for mm -mm. little Johnny. They're in it because they want to say that, you know. Yeah, that group of coaches down in San Antonio was bad about that. I, well, I, we've. I'll tell you, for instance, one of my greatest moments as a, as a coach of anything I ever done is we were playing Crow. That was when they were still playing eleven men. The last year they were playing eleven men, we were we were over there playing them, and and we had a way better team than they did. And they only had twelve kids, and we get over there and we play them. Well, uh, we score on the first play. And we score that touchdown right fast. And I can tell just by looking across there, 
that we had a way better team than. So I put in all my littlest, the littlest and worst kids I had the very next series. Well, they score in three plays. Well, my god dang assistant coaches were losing their mind. What are you doing? I said, boys, if y'all can't look across there and see that we're 40 points better than that team over there, you're wrong. He goes, yeah, but man. But it's all about stats. Man, we ain't had no touchdowns. You know, they all don't want to give up no touchdowns. Well, so anyway, before the game was over, we kept first-teamers in on offense, second-teamers on defense. So they scored, we scored, they scored, we scored. And, uh, and I think we wound up winning 52 to 42 or something like that. Wasn't a whole lot of defense being played. But anyway, didn't think another thing of it. Year, we wound up winning the deal, and I got to coach all-star game. Well, the Crow guys brought two kids off the all-star game over there, and the one guy that brought one of the kids over there, he come over and he said, hey, uh, coach, he said, this is my boy. He said, I'm glad he's getting to play for you. He said, I want to shake your hand. I said, for what? He goes, well, you remember that 42 points we scored on y'all? I said, yeah, it was a hell of a game. We had a good time. He goes, that was the only 42 points we scored all year. Mm. He said, everybody beat us as bad as they could possibly beat us mm -hmm. and giggled while they did it. He goes, I, I appreciate you showing a little backbone. I said, well, there ain't no honor in beating up on a bunch of little kids. But that's, you know, it, everybody, them little guys like that, them little league coaches and stuff, no, not all of them. It's just, hell, like I say, I know some asshole high school coaches do the same shit, or they're idiots too. Just because you got a degree don't make you a coach, and just because you ain't got one doesn't mean you ain't. But anyway, but, but uh, you know, it's all about how many points they give up or all all that. And I was like, we played Seymour this year, and they were horrible. But, hell, what they wind up scoring with the same kind of deal. Well, they only had nine kids. I think we'd give them one of our kids. <laughs> That's good for the kids they'll play in. Yeah, they had, they had – I get just as much joy as watching them smile as, as our, uh, us smiling. I mean, yeah. it's it's a kid's game. Have, have you seen the show on Netflix called Last Chance You, the college coaches? I've seen yeah. a couple of them, yeah. The, the guy that coached last year, the, first, the, the, the every coach they've had on there has been a real jackass. Mm -hmm. The coach last year – was a guy from California, and he was somewhere in Kansas coaching in poor years. So I don't remember where it was. Anyways, he he would I, – I, one of the games, he told one of his players to suck his dick. Yeah. This guy's a college head coach at a junior, it's junior college, yeah. and there's a bunch of thugs. There ain't no doubt about it. And he, he his record's astounding. And they're like, oh, well, we don't know how long we'll get to keep him. But I'm going to tell you something right now. There ain't no big school hiring that sucker as a head mm. coach. Yeah, and just couldn't believe it. But he talked like he was on the streets, of, like he was a crip. Setting a hell of an example. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. but that's why he talked to these kids. And, then and he wonder would, why the kids are, are like that. Yeah, and yeah. then the guy that's the head coach at the one in Mississippi, that and they've won, they've big-time players been there, a lot of big-time players have been there. He got in an argument with one of the moms in the stands during the game. You get her fat ass out of here. What are you – Oh and you goodness. wonder why you're stuck at that junior college, exactly. And, you, and you've won, and, you, and your record's ninety nine and six, and you know, in, in six years or nine years or something, and you've won three national championships. That's why you're still there. If you acted professional, you're asked to be That's making right. five million dollars a year at right. Texas A and M or somewhere when they need a coaching change. I mean, the guy's a good well, coach, but he's an ass. Know, me, I don't. I, I cuss. That's a bad habit. I cuss all the fucking time. I mean, I, I'm saying fuck this, fuck that, and fuck everybody. I don't give a fuck what you fucking think. But when women children around, I know when to turn it off. And when. It, and all my years, I've said one cuss word during the game. 
And that was, uh, and I never done it again because them little kids are lying little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were playing, we were playing holiday, which holiday, you know how holiday is. They're always good. Well, this one year, we had a badass little old team. We get out there and we are kicking the lung out of them in a pouring rain. And they don't want no more of our ass. We had some hitting little bastards and they are wearing them out. And the other coach on the other team, he's trying to call a play. None of them will carry the ball. They won't carry the ball. Said no, uh, they were crying. They didn't want no more. And uh, the old coach would leave. What I do, Clay? I ain't got nobody to even carry the ball. And I said that is a problem. <laughs> so anyway, I said, y'all boys, get in here, get in here, get out of here, right here, because he had called timeout. I said, boys, I'm fixing to tell y'all something right now. And if y'all tell your mama I said it, I'm gonna whoop you. I said I'm gonna whoop you good. You understand? And they all looking at me real wide eyed. They said, yes, sir. I said, y'all are whooping their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them went and told their mom. <laughs> Coach Reed said we was whooping their ass. I was like, God, a <laughs> Kids are funny as shit. Um, Andy was playing Little League, and I was coaching, and we had a kid pitching, and he, he'd done real good if he'd stay focused or – I mean, if he'd laugh and relax. But if he got tense, he would he, he couldn't throw a fucking pitch for nothing. Call timeout and walk up there, and Andy's catcher, and he's pitcher, and I come up to this kid, and I said, hey. He looked at me all serious. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeff. He goes, I said, you ever seen a fat lady naked? Try to make him laugh. He goes, yeah, my mom. I said, okay, I was just curious. What's fuck do you say? Well, it's like old Josh Castle. Yeah, Josh Castle's boy, he was pitching. He was like third or fourth grade, and he couldn't throw a strike. And he was down to the nitty-gritty, man. And, uh, man, I can say, he's, uh, he's, he's, about to, he's about to ball. He's mad. I said, time, Luke. I walked out there, and I said, hey, 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 just calm down, Jed. Calm down a minute. I said, you just need to throw that curveball. He looked at me, he stopped, and gave me a crazy-eyed look. He goes, Coach, I can't throw the curveball. I said, well, then throw your changeup. I can't throw that either. Can you throw a slider? No. I said, well, you better throw a strike. <laughs> <laughs> and he giggled, and he goes, okay. Next two batters, he went boom, 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 boom. I said, see, it was that easy. You just got to – going back to the Warriors, though, I, I just thought of a story that it was funny. We played and bad coaching and bad kids. We were we were playing. I had a kid named Quentin Howe. Quentin Howe is a bad ass. I mean, he's mean, tough, redneck kid. He was best friends with my <coughs> boy Jake. First day of practice, we get up there, you know, where I'm giving them the old pep talk talk, and he's he's sitting there on one knee, and he don't talk talk a whole lot. And he's looking there, looking at me, and all of a sudden I see this yellow jacket. A yellow jacket comes down there and lands on his, uh, on the back of his hands and stings him. Oh, Quentin never even wiggled a toe. He just reached over there and grabbed that old yellow jacket and scrambled him up with his fingers, throwed him up, went back to looking at me, and I go, "Did that thing sting you?" He goes, he looked at his hand. He goes, "Yeah." Left the stinger in there. Pulls the stinger out. And I said, start middle linebacker. <laughs> so the very first game, we go over there. We're scrimmaging uh, Seymour. And uh, we get over there, and and they've got the same old coach over there. And he's a good guy. and uh, But he, he always had hell with them. And, but we're playing him, and he's got this little black kid, number 52. I don't know what his name is, but he's number 52. <laughs> and this, um, this, this little pecker wood. Every word out of his mouth was, fuck this, fuck that. We, we're killing them. It's just a scrimmage, and we're killing them. So I put in the little guys. And I had this uh, kid, oh uh, Goose, oh Daniel Gosling. I get old Goose in there. 
I said, Goose, get in there and play nose guard. Well, he gives it, goes up again, and I, and I could hear the conversation between the coach over there. He said, he said uh, Bobby or whatever that black kid's name, he said, go go play uh, play guard. He goes, fuck you, bitch. I'm a running back. This is a goddamn nine-year-old kid. Oof. He goes, fuck you, bitch. I'm a running back. He goes, no, no, no. You're oh, shit, guard. I'd have grabbed that little go, bastard go, by go his face Go play mask. guard. Go play guard. No, I, motherfucker, I told you I'm playing fucking. He's sitting there cussing this goddamn coach like a grown-ass man. And I'm going, are you shitting me? Get that little bastard over here, and I won't ring his neck. <laughs> well, he gets down there. Well, Goose oh, Goose gets up against him. Well, Goose is a little bitty old skinny turd then. I mean, little bitty. And he gets down over there. Well, when he gets down in the stance, old number 52 looks at him and he goes, Ooh, I'm fixing to fuck you up. And old Goose believed him. <laughs> he scared the shit out of it. And when, when they snapped that ball, that goddamn 52, he runs off there, picks old fucking uh, Goose up, picks him up over his head, and body slams him on there and spears him with his helmet. Oh, it like to kill old Goose. And he's bawling. And uh, he said, I told you, mother, that 52 standing, I told you, motherfucker, I told you, mother. I grabbed him by his ass, get your ass back over there, boy, God, you son of a And he goes, fuck you, bitch. I said, <laughs> 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 and now I go, Quentin, Quentin. <laughs> I done brought in the assassin. I said, Quentin, get your, come here, come here. I told him what had happened. He goes, I said, put him on his ass. And he goes, yes, sir. So, boy, he got down there and went, oh, 52 come over and he goes, Ooh, we got a new motherfucker now. We got a new motherfucker now. No, Quentin never didn't say nothing. Just sit there and smile. When he snapped that ball, Quentin hit that son of a bitch. Did the exact same thing. Picked him up over his head, speared him. He looked like a catfish out of water, <laughs> <laughs> sucking that air, trying to find some air. And I said, he crippled his ass. I said, do it again. He did it again on the next snap. And uh, the third snap, when they snapped that ball, 52, he was a running back again. So <laughs> bitch <laughs> running. He was out of here. All right, you can go out. Goose, come on back in here, son. Have, have you seen the difference in coaching? Because I, I, I'm not going to say who I talked to because he just coached at a big game. And he told me that the discipline on a lot of the inner schools now, the coaches don't even have any at all. He said it's horrible. They don't even address it. Yeah, that's what he said. He said yeah. just, and he said the difference between the, the two programs was absolutely crazy. And he goes, the inner city kids were cussing and screaming and stuff. And the coaches, he said, instead of coaching them, or they entice John. it, they just jumping up and jawing with them and jawing with them. And he says it's just, yeah. He says he said in the last fifteen years he's never seen nothing like the way it's getting now. I, I don't know what has happened, but. The good programs that are consistently good every year, you don't see that. Right. And if you do see one act up, their butt's out. They may go back in. They may not. But uh, you know what? That that goes back to that character thing. How are you going to respond when things aren't good or it's a tough year or whatever the case might be? And if you're not instilling and teaching them those basic things about character and uh, how to be a good man, uh, how to treat a woman, uh, that kind of stuff, how do you expect them, depending on their environment, whatever their why is, how do you expect them to translate all that onto a football field or a basketball court or anything else? And it's utterly ridiculous to tolerate that. Uh, there's a way to hold them accountable without kicking them off because they probably need to be there, but that that's why they don't win consistently. But he, he told me, he said he was shocked, but – he, he, and, and you look at the records of what's happened in the 70s and the 80s, 
Dallas's inner schools like Carter, mm-hmm. were bad state championships every yep. year. That Houston, Mad, uh, Houston Yates, and all those mm-hmm. schools. You look at it now; it's all the kids in the suburbs are winning, and the inner city kids aren't winning anymore. I wonder why. That's right, because of all the discipline. Well, and and it goes deep, deeper than that. Um, we've got a country that is. The parties are different. I'll just say that. There's there's no daddies anymore any but hurting, too. It, it's one of the many key components of the overall big picture. But, I mean, it, it's it's a situation that I don't, have, I don't know the answers to, but the answer is not always keep giving them stuff. No. You know, keep letting them play. Keep doing – I mean, you – I'm going to try everything I can to help a kid that really messes up to get them back involved, to keep them involved. But there is a point in time which goes back to that rebel talk. You want to be that rebel. Are you willing to pay the consequences for those choices? Uh, or you can be a part of something that's fun and bigger than yourself, and you, you will remember. What do you remember about football? Do you, you remember every game detail? No. You remember practices? Yeah. You remember bus rides? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Remember celebrations? That's the deal. That's what I remember, too. And I played the game and coached the game and been a coach's son, but that's the stuff. That's the good stuff. And, uh, you know, when it becomes about X's and O's entirely, everybody – the one thing I can say, overall coaching has gotten much better. Uh, there were was a period of time where you could literally just flat out coach, and it still plays a part. But it's not about your trick, tricky X's and O's. It's about playing good fundamental football in this case. It's about being a good human being. Let's start there, you know. But that starts way before we get them. Yep, I and agree. And if it's let go then, by the time they're freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, unless they have a good family structure. Too late. It's too late. And, and, and the other deal is it's hard to be a coach. you got to figure out what buttons to push on each mm-hmm. kid. You know, because I always said that kids are like dogs. You know, some kids are border collies, mm-hmm. some of them are blue heelers. Like my oldest boy, he's a blue heeler. I can stomp that some bitch's eyes out, <laughs> and that some bitch will still come at me and wag his tail. All right, now my Dawson, I can I can just mm-hmm. talk loud on him, and it'll, it'll draw him down. It's just totally two different animals. Exactly. And you got to figure you can't coach every kid the same di- right. uh, way. Some some respond to Ashtons, some withdraw with Ashtons. That's right. It's you know, just funny I'm, that the football factory schools oh, uh, aren't they're not, they're not winning no more like they used to, no. and it's because of how much they've lost those kids. The same athletes are at them schools, but that goes to the leadership. Yeah. And, and the one thing about small town America and Petrolia as well is that you still have people uh, on the board of education, superintendents, principals that believe in doing things right and accountability and things of that nature. And the schools you're referencing, they don't. It's sort of the whole liberal philosophy. We're never going to do anything, but you got to get education, and we're going to give you what you need and don't get on them, and you don't understand. Well, I do understand how how you're supposed to act as a human being. That's a bullcrap excuse. You know, I, I see that on political news all the time. Well, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's bullcrap. And that's what it needs to be called, and it's time for the conservative right or whatever you want to call it to say that's enough, <laughs> and we don't because we're polite. Yeah, and I think we finally stood up when Trump got elected, mm-hmm. which really surprised me. I didn't think he would win. Even that night, I didn't think he would win. When Well, I got awful fucking excited about 1030 that night, and I thought, <laughs> we got a fucking chance here. Well, awesome. And I got a lot of proof, and I, I, I was proud. 
yeah. that the American people finally stood up. Yeah. And and and, and this is this we're kind of getting political here, but two things. I read a black barber in Fort Worth's Facebook the other day. And not friends with the guy, I don't know. Somebody had a post or something, and I saw it, and I saw he was on somebody's third deal. I started reading it. I thought, I'm fucking interested in this. Because he had some political shit on there. And it was all black people. There wasn't a white person on none of his comments, nothing. I mean, but it was open so I could read it. And 80% of the people that were commenting supported Trump mm -hmm. because of all the shit that we see that's going on with the inner cities and the crap and the free stuff and getting by with this and getting by, then people are sick of it. Yeah. And this was a black people talking to black people. And I thought, you know what? Donald Trump's going to win again because these people here that weren't sold on him the first time, by God, they're working. They're and they're getting bonuses out. at work. And, and they're seeing the economy. And they're seeing that they keep getting promised all this shit by the Democratic Party, but they never done shit for mm -hmm. them. And they saw it. And that made me feel really good. That, 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 that really got me going on. And then uh, – Something else happened that really impressed me the other day in our country, and I can't remember what the hell it was, but people are finally waking up. He's not a politician. No, he's no. not, and they and, they, and they, that drives them nuts. That's why the Republican, that's why the, 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 the deep state or whatever the fuck you call them, they have a problem with him because he's not one of them. Mm -hmm. He's one of us. He's not we, the establishment. We, there ain't very many billionaires that I have anything in common with, nothing at all. Jerry Jones, I don't have nothing in common with Jerry Jones. I mean, Bill Gates, nothing. Donald Trump, I feel like I got some stuff. He's a loud mouth. He's an asshole. I can relate to that. But he may be your daddy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> God, I, I, I trade because I can use some of that money. Yeah. But he is he's one of us. He thinks about us. And the guys had 100,000 employees, and not one of them has come out yet and had anything negative to say about him. And that you know, speaks a world about you they, right there. They, what they don't know, I took a guy out hunting named uh, Marino Sobatero. Marino come over here in 1969 they brought him over here in 1969 he went to work for the trump family uh and uh he's a he's a billionaire too and he went to work for his company built the world trade center uh uh, uh memorial mm -hmm. that's his that's his build trump tower that's his build he started building buildings in 1969 come to work over and for the trump family they give him the deal and uh he he swears that Donald Trump is a, he's a great man. He is a great man. He helped my family. He, he people don't understand all the good things that he does. He went on and on and on. And his this is a man that's known him for you know forty fifty years. Yeah. And uh, so I, I tell you, and he's a an immigrant. You know, come over here the right way. There's a difference. That's, yep. Yeah. But Amen. so uh, yeah, he was a cool dude. Andy, you got any closing things to say? No, I really appreciate. Uh, Appreciate you coming out, Coach Mack. It was a pleasure talking to you again, Clay. It's always uh, great, man, uh, you know, being able to sit across from you guys and talk to you. A lot of character like we talked about earlier in the podcast. It's, uh, I learned a lot of lessons from you uh, growing up and uh, letting this guy speak to us my freshman year. Mm -hmm. So I even took a little bit away from him. But uh, great guys, and I got no doubt in my mind that uh, – Patrol, you got a good one in you. Yeah. We're grateful to get to be here and <laughs> visit with y'all. You, you had a huge impact, too. It, it works both ways. Well, it, it, it kind of sucks, though, because, you know, I, my my hunting partner's been gone all, all the way out there, you know. Mm -hmm. So we hadn't got to hunt near as much. So I thought, well, hell, you know, he's got dang 30 miles from me. We'll get to hunt. We'll get to done. How many times have we been hunting since you've been back? 
Zero. How many times have you been fishing since you back? A bunch. Petrolia has turned him into a perch fisherman. <laughs> so gun, that's all he does is go perch fishing. I saw Wes the other day, Weezer, and he told me, I said, uh, where's your man at? I think he's coming in this weekend. They're him and him and Mitch are going there ahead and going fishing. Oh yeah, yeah. oh Crab yeah. Fishing, they yeah. go perch fishing. Yeah. Sorry, bastard. <laughs> I, I called, but I figured it out how to do it the other day. I, I done figured out that my partner got old, and so <laughs> I just got to go to a younger crowd. So I called Ty. Hey Ty, you want to go hunting tonight? I'll be there in thirty minutes. I'll be there. <laughs> and we went out and killed coyote and hogs. <laughs> so. Kyle's a young, Ty's a young married man, so he, he's got to set that tone and set it at an early age. Exactly. I told him that hunting because he was kind of moping because I think his wife was on his ass to get back home. I said, Ty, I'm going to tell you something, bud. If you don't train her now, <laughs> in 10 years from now, you ain't ever going to have her ass. Oh, hell, like me and Mitch, we got our bitches. Yeah. Right. You're supposed to be. We got them some to know that we'll give them a black eye. They don't listen to our ass. <laughs> They're just as hard-headed as we are. The only problem there. Well, I appreciate you both being on. Clay is, has become a big folk hero with our, yeah. our listeners yeah. and people all over the country and the United, and the whole over the world. I had – I had a guy yesterday from New Zealand asking me about you. So everybody wants to talk about Clay and visit with Clay. So I appreciate you being here. Mitch, uh, I remember the first time I met you, you drove this white 12 to pick up, stringy-ass black hair, had a dip in his hand, coffee and a Coke at the same time, I think. And I had just really gotten to know Wayne a little bit. When he goes, that's my defensive coordinator over there. I looked at him, I thought. That motherfucker looks like an outlaw more than he does like a football coach. If you only knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And never heard of the spider defense till Mitch got here. And God almighty. Nice. Good football coach, good family, big part of Knox City. Knox City has never been the same since you guys left. That was a big blow for our town. Well, and I still ain't forgiving you bastards for leaving me. Well, it went six, man. It wasn't. I don't just, blame you at all. I got you. It would have been a disservice to the kids for me to be coaching I, six, man, because I don't – I just don't it know. It would make good watching for me, though. I'd laugh my ass. We need one school in Knox County, and hopefully that will come one day. Yeah, think, boy, think, that's what we were talking mm-hmm. about coming in. If, if y'all built a – a one school here, Benjamin, you know, all uh, Monday. Oh, my God. You realize how dominant that's We don't is? have the athletes we had, though, six, eight years ago even back then. We've lost a lot of our athletes but in the whole countywide. Oh, yeah, well, you get some of them back. But, you know, there's a chance. I think Monday's going six-man after this year. Well, you know, we're going to scrimmage them uh, this year. We changed the first scrimmage, which them and both they and uh, the moguls in Tioga. But – you know, Wichita, I bet they're fixing to have a super school. And yeah. I think that's going to help us. Yeah, I can see people wanting to get it. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I think it's going to happen. I love Wichita Falls High. I bleed red and black. But if I lived in Wichita Falls right now, my kids would probably go to Wichita Christian. I really would. Oh, or a patrol yeah. year somewhere. I wouldn't have my kids in that mess. Yeah. Too much drug shit and right, gangs uh, and all that, that crap. Christian Academy out there. Yeah. Out by Stone Lake. Yeah, that's where my, my, my kids. Dame, um, they're doing a pretty good job. But I, I think that's where my – because i got a lot of friends who send their kids to Wichita Christian. Yeah, could, you know, some of them uh, public schools, they're getting so liberally leaning that away to the liberal side of it. And, uh, hell, they just educate them different. Amen. Schools change a lot. Well, anyways, I appreciate y'all. I thank everybody for listening. we got to draw a name real quick. Oh, yeah. Let me draw look. Clay Reed. Clay Reed. <laughs> One or dove hunt. Son of a bitch. Go figure. Dove hunt? <laughs> yeah. You could give two shits about shooting a dove, Clay. Yeah, no shit. I'm out. All right. I've got the uh, names. And here we go. Random name generator. Picks. Caleb Clark. Caleb Clark. 
Caleb Clark. Come on down. Caleb, give me a call at the office, 940-658-3172, or send me a message on Facebook. So congratulations to Caleb Clark. I'm guessing you were put your name in on Facebook since it's not a weird handle. So congrats, Caleb Clark. Thanks, guys, for listening. We're out.